Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. It is there, I promise you. I promise you it's there. Anyway, nice to be company. Welcome along to Thursday. You can't find it, can you? You're going to be sitting up all night trying to find this page. But uh, it's definitely on there. Try try going to another one. Sorry, I just, just have to explain something. We're just trying to find something on the internet. And it's so frustrating because I found it. And then earlier on, I couldn't find it. And then I found it again. It's so exciting, isn't it? It's so exciting. It's definitely there. Don't make me come there next door and try and find it for you. Well, it might not be there on that particular page of his. Oh, dear, honestly. I thought it was bad enough yesterday. Do you know what I had to do yesterday? I'd forgotten to reply to my accountant who wrote to me on the 2nd of October. So yesterday was going to be deal with the accountant, who's very lovely, and I've had him for years and years and years. And and what he'd done is on the 2nd, because unfortunately I'm rubbish with anything to do with money or, you know, legal ease and stuff like that. I kind of put it to one side and let friends of mine deal with it. So yesterday, a friend of mine phoned me. She said, have you, for the day before she phoned, she said, have you spoken to your accountant? And I said, no. She said, well, he called me because he, he knows both of us. And uh, you found it? It's so hopeless, honestly. You really are, honestly. It's going to drive you mad. Anyway, so so the uh, the the accountant uh, needed to get in contact with me. So I, you found it. Oh, thank God for that, honestly. Oh, blimey. I knew it was there. So um, so my accountant sends stuff over to me, but I did because I don't read all my emails. I've got I've got thousands of emails I need to delete. His obviously is not one of them. And what he'd done, he'd enclosed uh, his, you know doing of the account so you've got to sign them off you've got to then sign this bit of paper you do this on the internet don't ask me how we do it because I'll have to explain in a minute how I did it because we had to do it last year as well and I'd forgotten so what we've done is we've sort of done my my signature and a friend of mine's got it and he can put it on the relevant bits of paper and then send it back to me and then I'd send it to the accountant so it only took a little while he sends his bill in so that's fine I send I send you know the the details off to my bank and they then pay the accountant it's so confusing it's so good so I now know he's now told me how much tax I pay next year in January, being self-employed at the end of January and at the end of July. So I've got that worked out already and I'll pay his his bill today and then everybody be happy. But, oh, the stress. Seriously, I thought life was so easy. No, what was even more stressful? Trying to find out why my credit card company uh, kept blocking a payment through to Apple because I, I ordered the new iPhone. Well, they haven't managed to process the payment yet. So I get through to the to the, the card company, which was RBS, and, uh, and say so-and-so, so-and-so. So first of, all, first of all, you have to go through a security check because they won't actually talk to you about anything. And um, and he, he, he sort of said, OK, you know, mother's maiden name, what's the first letter and the fourth letter? And you said, well, that I can, it's easy peasy, date of birth, easy peasy. Last three digits on the card, so you give that to him. Right, oh, this was on a credit card. Yes, it's on a credit card. Was it Apple Pay? Yes, it was Apple Pay. Hold on, let me just have a chat with somebody. So off he goes for a few minutes, comes back again. Uh, I need to put you through to somebody else. Okay, so we go through to somebody else. And so we go through exactly the same rigmarole as we went through with the first one, which is, okay, which which card is this on? Okay, do you have a debit card? Yes, I have a debit card. And a credit card? Yes. Do you have any other cards? No. Okay, let me just check your mother's maiden name. I said, I've just given this to somebody. Can't they pass it on and go? He's already passed the security checks. So anyway, this one couldn't help either. You know, um, so I can't actually see. I'll need to speak to somebody else about why it's been blocked. 
OK. Eventually, eventually we get a woman and she goes, can I just take the name on the card? I mean, this is now the fourth time. The fourth time that I've given the name on the card. I mean, what they're doing down there, I've got no idea. So we do that shenanigans, and then we go through the security questions. I said, I've already done all of this. All I want to know is why you've blocked it. You know, all I do, every month I have a system. Uh, my car, my taxi in the morning, goes on to my card. I think, yeah, it goes on to the credit card, and we pay it. It's as simple as that. So, And we pay it in full at the end of each month. I'm not one of these people who can let a card drag over a bit. So I'm quite good at doing it. Anyway, so we're on the last one. Eventually she goes, yes, it's been blocked. It's because it's Apple Care or something. Uh, she said, could you give me the, the, the security code for your Apple account? I said, I've got no idea. When did this come up? She said, oh, it, it would have been a, quite a while ago. I said, I can't remember yesterday. Let alone trying to remember, you know, an app. There's so many different codes. Anyway, we, we finally get round that little bits and bits. She said, yeah, there is, a, there is a block on it. I said, why? She said, because they've had trouble with it before. I thought, oh, God. Well, why don't they just pick up the phone and call you? As opposed to embarrassing you in front of people going, oh, you probably haven't got the money. Of course I've got the money. Goodness sake, which I think I work every day for. And so she was then sort of faffing and she said, right, she said, there is a block on it. She said, and I can see that they've tried a few times. Because what they will do, they'll, they'll keep trying. They then write to you and go, check with your supplier and all the rest of it, and then put it through again. So how many... I don't think you're supposed to be eating those, are you? I mean, I don't think we're celebrating that much. We're celebrating. So you found it. You found it now. Do you understand it? Yeah, you're happy now. There we go. Thank God for that. It's good, isn't it? I mean, it's. It, I always like it. I always say to everybody on, on the radio... Sorry, I've just moved away from the credit card. Onto the Rajar thing. I always say good luck to all my fellow radio presenters. But the trouble is, if you're a competitor of mine, I don't care. I have to annihilate you. I'm sorry, that's, that's the nature of the business. No good sitting there being all complacent going, oh, you know, we're not trying very hard to do a programme. Because at this time in the morning... And there's a lot of bewildered people listening. You know, I know because I've heard them phoning in how they found the telephone. I've got no idea. But anyway, so we, we quite like it when the audience figures look good. Is the spike still there? Yep. You bet your hot patootie it's still there. Does it look impressive? Yep, it is. Have we trampled on loads of other people? Yep. You have to do it. That's what the business is about now. Otherwise, you know, people go, oh, no, I have to find somebody else. Anyway, so going back to the credit card, going back to the credit card. So uh, she said, I said, how many times have they tried to put this this through? And I'll tell you how much it is. It's seven hundred and ninety nine ninety nine. OK, so it's not, you know, I spend more than that on taxes in a month, but I always pay the credit card off at the end of each month. So I'm not in debt to anybody. I don't like being in debt because it frightens me. I don't want to get to that stage where at the end of each month your money comes in. And luckily it's come in this morning. And, and then 99% of it goes back out again. I can't, I can't live like that. I used to, but not now. I've got older and a bit wiser and a bit sort of more mean, as it were. I, like to, I, like to sort of, I just like to keep a watch on, on everything. So anyway, so she said, well, they've actually tried seven times. I said, oh, right, OK. Which is what they do. I know that they will try that for a few more days. And then they'll, they'll kind of give up and it'll be a lost order. So she said, I've lifted... The, the ban on the thing, so it should go through. How long that takes, I've got no idea, because blow me down, they tried again yesterday and came back saying, uh, no, it's been declined. And you think, well, it shouldn't be, because I've just wasted half an hour of my life on the telephone to RBS to try and find out why it's been blocked. There's no reason why it should ever be blocked. It's so annoying. You know, I can understand it if there were things on the 
on the actual account where they were going, well, I'm a little bit worried about them. What do you think this is? You've been into Sainsbury's and bought a few items and you sort of, you go, no, not me and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, so I'm hoping when they put it through today, it goes through and then we can pick up the phone tomorrow because tomorrow I'm back at the hospital again because after you've had the cataracts done, they have to check uh, on whether or not they're okay. And I'm not sure if there's a problem with the eye at the moment. It, it sort of gets a bit watery first thing in the morning, which could be the diabetes, I don't know. So we've got that to do tomorrow. What have we got? We've got a blooming train strike with the RMT out of Waterloo. So I'm hoping that, you know, I mean, as in yesterday and the day before and the day before that, I, c- I can do quite well. I can actually, uh, I can get to Richmond. And if the worst comes to the worst, I can get a bus tomorrow from Richmond to Kingston and then be a little bit early at the hospital. It doesn't bother me. And then after I've done that, then hopefully I can go and pick up the new telephone. Oh, what a strain. Honestly, you think your life's complicated. But uh, no, we're still there for the spike. We're very happy with that. We like the spike. Otherwise, it would make a ridiculous scenario, wouldn't it? So welcome to the spike. And then somebody writes in and goes, I think you're fine. It's not there anymore. It is quite clearly there. It is quite clearly patently obvious that, uh, you know, at four o'clock in the morning, there are no other radio stations. I say that actually with a certain sense of pride, because if you work towards something and you work for doing something, that's the whole idea. I admit there are probably loads of people um, who are sort of uh, going, well, I, I wish I had Steve Allen's audience figures. But, you know, and uh, I also started off saying that. I wish I had Steve Allen's audience figures. And so, But there again, I'm doing everything that everybody else is not doing. They're all doing things. They're all music stations. All of our stations are music stations, or we have classical. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't have any competition because nobody's doing what I'm doing. If all of a sudden over on Capital or Radio X or Classic or Smooth or Jazz, or no, not Jazz, uh, or whoever, <laughs> wishful thinking, uh, I know we might buy it, who knows. And, um, and then if somebody else was doing the same as me, then there would be competition, but they're not. They're not. Somebody says, why don't you hold a competition for us, Steve, says Jim. The listener who gets close enough to guessing your tax bill wins the prize. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll tell you what, I'd be happy if you tried to guess the accountant's bill. That'd be, a, that'd be an interesting one. I tell you. <laughs> a friend of mine, because what I have to do, so yesterday I sent all my stuff over to this friend of mine who's got my signature on file. He then puts it. How they do it, I don't know. I can't, I can't begin to tell you. And it sends it to me and I then send it on to the accountant who then writes back to me going, thanks, Steve, very much indeed. And I think, do you know, this is about the earliest we've ever had it done. Not even in November. And we've actually got the accounts done. They're, uh, I've signed for them. They've gone. I've got the bill. We shall pay his bill today. And uh, then I'll know that uh, for Christmas, we don't need to start worrying about money from here and money from there. So there you go. And uh, another one says... Do you really get to Waterloo by 7.26? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I don't, think, I don't think we've been late, actually. I think we've always managed to make Waterloo easily by 7.26. Because what I like to do, if, if it's a day where it's not a strike day from the RMT, and to be honest with you, it's not affected me in the slides, just the trains get a little bit busy. But that, that you know, I can cope with. I always make sure, because I'm first on, I barge my way to the front, get out of the way, so I can have a sit down. And um, I don't have any problem with it, but I always try and make it. If the train is coming in and I'm having to walk up the platform, I have been known to break into a small canter. Because once you've got all these uh, all these people who have... <laughs> my boss is awake. Boys, my boss is awake. He's listening now at quarter past four in the morning. Oh, God. It was, uh, the real boss... The real boss here. He's just texts me. He says, well done, Steve. And then it didn't even get a kiss this time. Normally you get the kiss. If it's Christmas time, you get the kiss, which is kind of showbizy kind of thing. I didn't get the kiss this morning. I think it looks good. I think the spike is good. 
Did you get a message from him? Darren's very upset now. <laughs> Never got a kiss either. Did you not? Never had a kiss. Oh, wow. Oh, we'll have to rectify that. We'll, re- we'll rectify that, I think. I think next week it should all be, be kissings and everything else. <laughs> I hope so, anyway. But, uh, so anyway, so... Oh, yes, yeah, so, so we then have to... You have to sign these bits of paper. Did you know how you, how you did stuff like this? So it, he says, sign the top copy of these bits of paper to sign off the accounts to HMRC, who I have a very good relationship with. And, and it, well, I don't know how to do it until we did it last year. So I signed something and then send it to a friend, but I can't remember how I did it. Somebody must have walked me through it. And so he said, I've kept it on file so we can sign it and then send it back. And it obviously worked because he then said, thanks very much indeed. So that was good news. And so, as always... On the Rajar days. The Rajar is the way of all the radio stations. And there'll be happy people this morning. I think there's going to be quite a few happy people around this building. Uh, and then you get people going, oh, oh, I didn't do as well this time. Because there's no explanation. I wish I could tell you what the secret is to actually getting good audience figures. There is no formula. I wish there was. I wish that because otherwise we'd all be doing it. But you don't. You do the same thing and either sometimes people fall out of love with you or then more people come in because, you know, the whole idea on LBC and it works. It works for other radio stations. If you have a good programme, I'll tell you this now. I don't think we're sort of breaking any any sort of confidences. If you have a, a good pro, just supposing hype, hype. Oh, he sent me a kiss. This nothing for you. Nothing for you. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> his battery's died on his phone. So how, how it works is... The, so, so, I can't believe he's up at quarter past four in the morning. I find this quite disturbing. I always Sometimes I do something on the programme, I think, oh, I hope he's not listening. Because you know what it's like, somebody... Yeah, and, and he's back... Oh, no, somebody else. That's my friend Lee, Lee Baldry, who's a very, very good friend of our big, big boss here. The big, big boss. And he's actually... He's on his way home from work because he does the, the roulette on the television... And he said, not tuned in for a while. You're sounding on top form. Not a kiss. Again, and this is, we've obviously gone out of love this morning. We want, we want the love back into it. So how it works is this. If you have a radio programme, and this is, this is where my, my boss comes into his own, because what he's got to do, he's got to programme LBC. So if you have a programme in the morning, like, I got the kiss. I got the kiss from Lee as well. This is just... It's, I know Darren is really, really hopping mad at the moment. I mean, honestly, you can see steam coming out of his ears. He's, <laughs> he needs a charger for his phone. <laughs> Thank you, Lee, very much. So, so if you have a programme and, and that particular programme... Let's, let's hypothetically put it on this programme, OK? If this programme does well with you, if you tune in and you like what you hear... And you're, and you're kind of in tune with everything going, then you will keep listening to LBC. And if I then go at the end of the programme, listen, Nick Ferrari's coming up next with breakfast. James O'Brien's going to be here at 10 o'clock. And what I'm doing is I'm throwing forward. If I get good audience, that means that the next programme inherits good audience. And if they inherit, what they've got to do is hang on to it. Because I start at four o'clock in the morning and I know... Some of you think it's the most ridiculous time to start, but I promise you, as far as I'm concerned, it absolutely works a treat. So my audience figures then bounce onto Nick's. Nick's audience's uh, figures bounce onto James, and so it goes on through the day. And that's what programmers do. That's what program controllers are paid for. They're paid for their ability to find people who know what they're doing. And somebody said to me a short while ago, I'd, in fact, it's another presenter in this building, and he said, I'd love to do LBC. He said, I'd love to work. He's a big fan of LBC. 
He said, I'd love to work on LBC. I said, the difference is finding speech presenters, and my boss will tell you exactly the same. You cannot find speech presenters. They don't grow on trees. Because the ability to sit down and talk... If, you, if you're talking to people on the telephone, I think that's an art. I can't do that. I'm not, I'm not a phone-in presenter. I have done it, but I'm not very good at it. I'm happier sitting down going way over the time for the advertisements and stuff like that and completely missing the outs and sort of missing the news and stuff like that. But that's just me. It's called, it's called sort of sloppy. So, uh, Lee, Lee, do you know Lee Baldry? Very attractive. Seriously, sickeningly attractive. <laughs> He's, he, I mean, he, he, he obviously works out in his sleep. And you go to the gym, don't you? We were talking about you yesterday, actually, Darren. We were talking about you yesterday. Yes, and we were talking about you on the bus home. I was going home with Scottish Boy, and we were talking about you because somebody said you've got decorations up already. Oh, two weeks ago, you've actually got the Christmas decorations. <laughs> That's why you don't get a kiss from the boss. He doesn't... I'm not... Well, I think two weeks ago is a bit... Of, that, there's, there's Lee Baldry. <laughs> you could see. Do you not think there's a slight resemblance between me and him? I mean, we're like, we're like, seriously, we are like twins, grown in a test tube in a laboratory. But he does these roulette programmes on the television and loads of other things, and he's, he's been doing it for quite a while, but he obviously has to work at it. I've got quite a few friends who... who oh, I like the lion, or tiger, very much. And um, he's been doing it for a while, and I think there's an art to doing that. I think there really is an art to doing it. You know, I mean, if I had a fantastic body, believe you me, on my Twitter feed, you'd be seeing pictures of me, you know, in a pair of Speedos. But frankly, it is not going to happen. Instead, I can just bid you welcome to LBC. If you're a new listener, then fantastic. You're more than welcome. I hope you enjoy what you hear between now and seven o'clock. Because we do it Monday to Friday. Then we do it Saturday, which is the best stop of the In Conversation. Then I'm back on again on Sunday. Because when you find somebody who works this cheap, you kind of make them work a bit. So I love it. Seriously, it's about the best job I've ever had. In fact, actually, it's about one of the only jobs I've ever had that I can kind of get away with. So, welcome to Thursday. Welcome to the 25th of October. Welcome to The Spike. Welcome to the programme that gives you all the news. You can digest it. I'm not digesting it for you. I'll tell you what the stories are. I'll tell you who's in my good book and who's in my naughty book. And we might talk more about Darren's Christmas decorations, which went up to weeks ago. I can't believe you went up two weeks ago. Even by my standards that's quite uh, quite early. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. So anyway, so we're all very happy this morning. Nice to have your company. I'm sort of, you know, a bit bit happy, as it were. I can't believe that Darren's put up his Christmas decorations. I know that you're going to write in and go, why would somebody put up Christmas decorations so early? But he's like me. We're both, we're both potty for Christmas. And so, in theory, I actually have Christmas lights up all year round. It's just that we don't call them Christmas lights. We just call them... Lights, which is much easier. Uh, on the front pages of the papers, some of them were a little bit too late to get the uh, the pipe bombs, which had been sent to Trump's critics. Uh, but most of the people who were sent these uh, bombs, and they're very amateurish, the writing on the packages is very amateurish, the spelling is is not very good at all, so they don't know. It, it could turn out, I, don't, I mean, I'm guessing wildly, it could turn out to be some balmy mad student somewhere who's going to get the knock on the door, because they will know from the parcels where they were posted from. That's what they know. You can, you can check that. I had it years and years ago. Somebody wrote something to me about 25, 30 years ago, and, um, and the police could tell where it had come from. It actually came from Luton, and they were able to target the post box, because there's a clue on the, 
on the actual franking machine that tells you where the post office, which post box they've used. So all they had to do was stake it out and they found somebody. It really didn't uh, didn't take too much. I'm assuming in America they'll find the same because they're all looking the same. Luckily, all the people they were sent to, and I say luckily because, you know, you could send one to somebody else and they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know. All their post is scanned. Any parcels that arrive in, they're scanned. They have to check all these things because these people in in world domination terms are famous. And so as such, they then become a target. Little Julie says, well done with the the figures. It does drive me mad. People, I've got friends of mine in the business who've said, why do you worry? Why do you worry about what the audience figures are? Because it's my living. I do worry about it. Funny thing is, during the rest of the of the week and, you know, everything else like that, I, I, I don't think about it. The moment somebody says, oh, it's Rajar next week, I immediately go into my downward spiral. And I sit there. And last night I woke up really early. I woke up at eight o'clock and I felt sick. And I thought, oh, what it, oh it's Rajar. It's Rajar. But uh, and I won't know until a bit later on exactly what they are, because I've got friends who actually get these... Um, these sort of figure things. I mean, I don't understand how it works. I really don't understand. It's no good asking me. All I know is if, if they're nice, I'm a happy bunny. If I'm happy and they look good, my boss is happy. If he's happy, that, that's good all round. Because that's what we're doing it for. I'm not doing it as some sort of hobby. I'm not doing it to, to, to think, oh, I'll just better talk about anything and it will work. Iceman says, don't talk about train strikes to me. I've got to go to Waterloo to Southampton to go on a mini cruise. <laughs> Might as well get a car down there, I suspect. There are trains going out. They had a problem with Waterloo the other day, I heard on LBC, because uh, there was a signal failure. So not only were the RMT on strike, but there was the signal failure as well. And they they advised people, don't go to Waterloo Station because Southwest trains are not going to be particularly good. I'm lucky because I've got no end of trains that I can pick up from Waterloo. I can pick up a Reading train, Windsor and Eaton, Hounslow, Teddington... I mean, there's about four or five different... So you can imagine in the course of an hour, there's about six or seven trains that I can get tomorrow because I've got to go to hospital and I'd completely forgotten about the train strike. I've, I've, got, I've got from the time I finish the programme to get to Waterloo to get to Kingston Eye Hospital and, uh, and then have them check over the eye. And then with a bit of luck, we might be able to go and collect a telephone afterwards. So that's, that's it. That's it. That's that's the way it's going to work. And because we've got the spike and because there are lots of uh, of other people listening to the programme and you're a very mixed bunch, as they say, you don't fit into one category. I know that because we've done the live shows and I've seen so many different people. and We, we almost work nine to 90, which I think is is fantastic. Nick Ferrari's team will be very happy this morning. Nick will be even happier. And so he will probably also get a get a text message from our boss. I don't think he'll have a kiss on it. So I, I have to ask for the kiss. I, I kind of get the, get the kiss if I ask for it. Somebody says, just get in the car, Steve. Don't mess with buses or trains. I have to mess with buses and trains. I like using buses and trains. I'm a, I'm a London working boy. And Jane says, I'm here for the spike. Yes. And I found the definition of a vegan. We had this trouble the other day, didn't we, on who was, I think, the, the producer's Piscatarian. And and then other people are vegan. Somebody's vegetarian. What what now? What pescatarian? It's the same thing, isn't it? You eat fish. Yeah, you eat fish. Why don't you just say you eat fish? Why does it have to have a name for it? Why do we have to describe you as a pescatarian so that you know that you eat fish? I mean, who cares? I mean, I eat fish fingers and scampi and stuff like that. I don't call myself a pescatarian. Just call myself somebody who eats food. Pescatarian. E un pescar e un 
pescatarian. Pescatarian. Oh, right, right. Who cares? I don't care. I mean, I mean, so wait a minute. So because you tell me you're eating fish, that this is supposed to be of some interest to people. Why? Why would that be of interest? Are you, are you allergic to other things? You just like having a label on. It's like I go C of E, you know, and it's it's a choice for your health. <laughs> what a load of old rubbish, honestly. You do talk rubbish. Choice for your health. I mean, you're no more. You're no healthier than I am. <laughs> he says with scars all over his body and everything. I looked at my legs today. I'm, I get quite worried because everybody else seems to have hairy legs. Well, my auntie Enid certainly has, and um, and a moustache. She does very well actually. She looks a little bit like Hitler on certain days. But anyway, that's only in a dark light. Not a good look, I admit. But and and I was sort of thinking to myself the other day, why have I not got hairy legs? And, and somebody said to me, "Do you shave them?" I thought, "What?" Why would I shave my legs? It's just that I don't have hairy legs. I'm a bit disappointed. Perhaps I'm sort of half man, half beast or something. Or not even half beast. Half woman or something. But it, it just it just doesn't work out. That Half baby. Yeah. But I just don't have hairy legs. And also, hairy arms. I don't have hairy arms. Perhaps I had a shock when I was a child. See, what would your reaction be if someone was viewing pornography on the bus? Would you chastise them or ignore it? I'd chastise them. I've never, I have heard of it because we did it on the programme yesterday when we did the story about the fact you can buy items, let's just call them items, with, with batteries or rechargeable in Sainsbury's. And, and then we went online, the producer was very loath to go on to line to actually check whether or not on Amazon you could buy these things. Well, my goodness, we, we found things that were practically plugged into the mains. We had no idea. Some of them looked quite, quite worrying. It took on a whole new meaning. He was, he was quite shocked. In fact, he was so shocked he forgot to take the page down afterwards. It seemed to remain up there for ages. And we discovered you can buy this stuff on, not only on Amazon, but you can go into supermarkets now. And we weren't sure. They were going to do it as a topic with Darren overnight. But I think it's either a case of yes, you would or no, you wouldn't. I don't think there's any middle ground. You can't argue about it because they've been around for ages. And I, can, I, can, I must tell you a little story, actually. When, when we were based in Hammersmith, over the road from us was a sex shop and they used to sell sex things as well and we and sometimes the post from there would come to us and we got we got a letter and I have to say to my shame somebody opened it It wasn't me somebody opened the letter and uh, and read it and and she yeah you, you can buy everything online yeah oh you Oh, you can only buy the, the toys in store. But you can buy the other stuff there, can't you? Have you ever tried that? No. Have you ever tried? Oh, you've tried that. Oh, well, there you go. Just like a check. So anyway, so this, this lady wrote in. And the reason we were interested, because she'd written to the shop over the road, which is the SEX shop. And she wanted to buy. Oh, sorry, I've got to go. Um, one of those things they sell in Sainsbury's. And she said, I'm 92. And we thought, well, in for a penny. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome to Thursday, the 25th of October. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. This is LBC. I'm here with you Monday through Friday between 4 and 7. Saturday. I keep reminding people of when I'm on. It's just it's to remind myself, basically. And so I'm here on Saturday morning as well, 5 till 7. 
And that's with the best of Steve Allen. And then in conversation, who it's going to be this week, you'll have to wait and find out. Because uh, I, I think it's, it's a cracker again this week. Last week was brilliant. The week before. In fact, actually, we, we just seem to have really good interviews. And this week is going to work really, really well. Then Sunday morning, I'm here for the first proper look at the Sunday newspapers where we can actually sort of get inside and try and digest some of the rubbish that's in them. I mean, it, it really I do miss occasionally the news of the world. I miss it because I, I sort of, you know, because I've thrived on celebrity gossip and stuff like that. And sometimes you read stuff and you'll notice on my little bit extra today, because I have two podcasts, like a few other people on the station. And uh, they were talking about Katie Price, who apparently is, she, according to yesterday, she was either in contact with Gareth Gates or she wasn't checking after his, you know, why she would worry. I would have thought she'd be worrying about how she's going to find the money to pay off this uh, order on the house. They've now managed to increase the price of the house to two million pounds. Well, it was never two million pounds. She never paid two million for it. It's never going to get two million because somebody's going to need to be spending the best part of a quarter of a million to get it back up to scratch. Apparently, it's disgustingly filthy inside, which we saw on the television. We've, we've seen the inside. She lets animals go to the toilet inside, never gets cleaned up. Then she had a candle in a room that nobody's in and uh, that started a small little fire. It wasn't half the inferno they were talking about. She never, ever had £43 million. She's never made anything like that at all. And she's basically blamed the uh, the press. Unfortunately, she's ruined herself with cosmetic surgery. She's had fillers and plumping up with Botox and stuff like that, which you don't need. You know, I'd, li- I'd quite like to go through this um, this floor, actually, and find out how many people have had Botox and fillers and stuff like that. I've been tempted, but I'm worried in case I look I look peculiar. Sorry, I take that back. I'm worried in case I look more peculiar. Ulrika well, says, how are the audience figures compiled? I have no idea. I seriously don't know. I think it's a diary. I think it's a di- That's how I think it is. People will be telling me, no, 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 no. But that's how I think. I don't, listen, I don't worry about it. As long as it says that they're, they're looking good. That's the bit that makes me uh, makes me happy. Jackie says, Asda have pumpkins. Not a bad size for £1.50 each. Gosh, that's a lot. Well, it's, it's a lot of pumpkins, I should imagine, at £1.50 each. Because they're mainly sold. Because a friend of mine bought two average size. Because the kids, kids like them. So my boss will have to buy a pumpkin so the kids can carve it, take out the inside, put a candle in there. Because that's what we do. I don't know why we do it, but we do it. So uh, £1.50 is good. A friend of mine paid £5 for his each. Each. Patrick says, don't you have a debit card linked to your bank account to pay for the phone? No. No, I don't I don't think so. I don't... I mean, to be honest with you, after a while, you just kind of forget everything. Jane from Cheltenham was one who was here for the spike and has found the definition of a vegan. They can't eat anything that's had a face and a pulse or from something that has either. So that's what it is. So anything connected to an animal, you can't actually do. So this morning, I bought him a... A sandwich next door because you, you just can't. You know, I, I thought perhaps he'd like a ham salad, and he, he probably would, but he can't have it because it's uh, he wants to be healthy and all the rest of it. And so he got brie and grape. I think it was. Was it nice? Was it good? I've. Oh right, I've never eaten brie. I'm not really good with with cheese. Not really good with cheese at all. Uh, Steve, Darren's precipitous yuletide decorations. Could it be misdirection? Does his skin bear a green tint? Is he the Grinch? Hide your present, Steve, just in case. He could no, because the Grinch didn't the Grinch steal Christmas. I can't. I now can't remember. He could. Ah, right. It could be. Oh, right. 
That's a bit interesting, isn't it? That's a bit interesting. But uh, he's had them up for two weeks. I thought it was right. We were talking about it on the bus going back uh, yesterday. I can't stand you, says Kevin, talking about Christmas before Halloween. But worse, can't stand the thought of being without you in the mornings. I know. Do you know, actually, the, the, on the subject of Christmas, I have to tell you that uh, there is a story in one of the papers today that, you know, every time I talk about Christmas, there'll be one, one person who'll say, oh, it's far too early to talk about Christmas. This is a town who came to a standstill the other day as they celebrated Christmas for a little boy who's terminally ill. He's, not, he's probably not going to make it to Christmas. So what they've done is they've done Christmas for him beforehand. And that's what I said to you before when people were complaining. I said, but what about, you know, the little children or people who love Christmas or families who could be torn apart by cancer or, you know, some terminal illness? They won't be here for Christmas. That's why we do it. That's why I love talking about it, because it takes me back to my childhood and takes me back to when my parents did Christmas. And we weren't rich by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I don't even think we we never thought about it. I remember when I, I was walking past a bicycle shop the other day and I looked in there and I thought it all of a sudden I had a flashback to when I was little, to when my, my dad got me a bicycle for Christmas. My mum and dad bought me a bicycle for Christmas. But because we didn't have much money, it was a second hand bicycle. He found it in a local paper. He'd been round to have a look at it. And he then cleaned it all up and spray painted bits. So it looked like a new bike, but it wasn't because they couldn't afford to buy me a new bike. And I always I always think back to that. I think he paid something like £10 for it, which, you know, in those days was, was quite a lot. You tend to forget when you're a child, you don't appreciate money. You don't know what money is. So when they put things on the television and you think, oh, I've got to have that. And the parents look at it and go, it's £80. It's £80. And if you don't get what, you know, the kids want, they go to school and all their friends go, what did you get for Christmas? And unless you're up there with everybody else, it's a nightmare. But we didn't have... We, our, our maximum was £25 for Christmas. That was the maximum. Because my parents didn't have a lot of money. We had a nice house and we never went hungry. But we just didn't have money to fritter away. My parents worked uh, to give us that. Same as people do nowadays. It's no different. People work, unless you've all of a sudden just won in America 1.2 billion pounds. That's what somebody won. 1.2. I can't even begin to comprehend what that must be like when it goes into your bank account. <laughs> Quite nice, I should imagine. But uh, Christmas is around the corner. Halloween is around the corner. And then we've got bonfire night. And already fireworks are on sale. And they sell these things now. If you've got a pet that doesn't uh, like fireworks, it hates the noises. You can buy these plugins. I bought one for a friend of mine. It was on. It was cheap on Amazon. It was reduced from thirty pound to twelve, and so I bought him that because uh, this is Darren's dog, and it's uh, it doesn't do. It's it's bad enough normally. It doesn't do very well at all with anything like that. Although my godson, when he was younger, when he was about you know eight, nine, and ten, he hated fireworks. He hated fireworks. The noise of them. Now I think he, he. I've never asked him actually. I must check whether or not he still does fireworks or whether he doesn't do fireworks. Uh, I've also got the first English Bible. This is a very, very important English Bible because it was owned by a man. Goes to, I think from the early 1500s, who was executed. We actually burnt him at the stake, I think. But the Bible is set to fetch £10,000. To be honest with you, I think it's probably worth an awful lot more than £10,000 because I think this is only the fourth time that one has come up for sale. And do you remember the other day we found that ship in the Black Sea that's been down under the sea for 2,400 years? And that was my excitement a few days ago. Uh, Also, I have to take it all back. Years and years ago, the Poet Laureate 
went on Michael Parkinson's show. He'd written um, a poem about slough, and it started with Come Bombs Rain on Slough. And that was John Betjeman who did that. Well, now slough is a wow. Mocked for ages, now it's been voted the best town to work and live in. I know you have to go down the M4, and I know it's off on the right-hand side, and I have been there. I didn't actually rate it too much, but it's been voted a wow. Slough is a wow. Perhaps it's got the right-priced homes, perhaps it's got the right jobs, perhaps it's got the happiest people. I would have thought the happiest people are probably listening to the radio at the moment, thinking... I hope he's not going to talk about Christmas again, but I might. You never know. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome to Thursday. We've raced through this month. We really have. Seriously, I mean, very shortly, it'll be... Oh, bomb... Oh, no, sorry, before bonfire night, we're going to have the Halloween. They keep putting adverts. The papers are... I think this year, more than any other time that I remember, is them actually sort of doing full-page adverts on you can buy this Halloween stuff. Do people... Is it become like Christmas? You know, every year, you drag out the old Halloween stuff. Because I never did it. I mean, I don't, I don't mind the pumpkin. I think that's actually quite... Quite respect of Halloween because it, it's something it keeps the kids occupied and in one shop we discovered the other day they do a, a template for putting on the pumpkin then you cut out round these things because it must be quite difficult scooping out the inside of a pumpkin but you know most people seem to manage it which is quite nice on the subject of ginger person biscuits does that mean that lady finger biscuits used as a base in trifles are going to be called person finger biscuits the base in trifles they're those sponge fingers we used to call them which are hard, aren't they? But when you put them in your mouth, they kind of melt. So I don't know. I don't know. Fairy cakes, I suppose it could be. Now, what they've actually done with ginger person ones, they've actually made two different kinds of ginger people. One, a lady ginger person, which has got little boobies. And then, and then the, the man ginger person with little dingly tangly things, you know. And uh, they, they've removed them from sale. <laughs> I don't know. People are so funny now, aren't they? They go, we can't have things like that. Really, you can't. Uh, always a pleasure to turn on to LBC, says Sue. I've got flu, so feeling very sorry for myself. And Oh, I know how you feel. Oh, isn't it the most dreadful? She said, but you're keeping me sane. It's the only thing you can hope for, isn't it, really? Uh, Steve, I can't miss your show. First hour before work, my niece Emma was born 5th of November, but she always hated fireworks. Uh, clocks go forward an hour. We did that yesterday. In fact, you might as well put them forward an hour now and then it'll save you trying to remember on Sunday because when I start on Sunday... No, they go they go back, don't they? So they don't go forward. We go... Is it backwards? Yes, we, we, yes we're going backwards. So two o'clock becomes one o'clock. That's how it works. Uh, according to a friend who works there, Greg sell omelette breakfast rolls. They do. They do. You can have sausage and omelette in a roll or in a baguette. Yeah, they do, yes. Yes, they do. They do do that. Somebody says, you don't get a proper day off. I do really, Saturday. Saturdays. The trouble is, because of the hours that I work, if I don't have any interviews, and this week I haven't had any interviews, I would have had one on Monday, but Eric Idle was ill, so they rescheduled for tomorrow, but I can't do tomorrow because I'd already got the hospital appointment, which came in the week before. So, But luckily, we have, we've stockpiled a few, and, uh, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be running those... Which is good. Somebody says, you can't really get to Waterloo by 7.26. I do. The other day I was at Waterloo by um, quarter past. Yeah, 16. It was like quarter... I remember looking at my watch thinking, oh, perhaps I could go and get some uh, some hash browns from Burger King. But I didn't, actually. I, I felt guilty. I thought, no, don't eat them. Don't eat them. It's food of the devil. 
So you mustn't eat stuff like that, even though they're quite nice at the time. And they're just sort of bite-sized, so you can sort of eat them while you're waiting for the train that never arrives. But no, I can I could do that quite easily. So I don't need to run. We just go and we get the bus and it drops us. How many stops are there for Waterloo? There's one outside the church, next one halfway down the Strand, next one the other side, the, the, this side of the bridge, then there's another one on the bridge, and then there's the Waterloo stop. Five? So I'm the fifth stop. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really easy, and also it's never that busy at that time in the morning. And I quite like it. When we go over Waterloo Bridge, we always have a look up, up the Thames because it's all illuminated, and it looks fantastic. London looks amazing at this time in the morning. I know you see it later on when there's queues of people fighting to get over the bridges and fighting. When I, when I see people coming towards me on the platform at Waterloo, it's quite frightening. Seriously, it's like an avalanche of people, hundreds and thousands of people. Equally, hundreds and thousands of people going the uh, going the opposite way. Uh, front page this morning of the Daily Mail. The police can't cope, say MPs. Well, that is true. They can't cope. They're too busy making television programmes. Also, the outrage over a woman on television in America who has been over here. Her name is... Uh, La- I don't know how you pronounce this. L-A-R-Y-S-A. Lassia? Could be last year. I don't know. Uh, L A R Y S A. Last year. Or Lassa. I don't. Whatever it is. She kills animals for fun. She has a television program in America and she goes to a remote British island. She calls herself a hardcore huntress. I can't begin to tell you the names that a lot of other people on Twitter have for her. Huntress isn't one of them. Uh, She's been keeping social media followers up to date with her trail of slaughter following a two-week trophy hunt on Islay. Islay? Islay. Sorry? Islay. Okay. But the blonde American TV host thirsts for blood. She labelled one picture of a goat such a fun hunt. And as they've got these, these goats that she just shot, I don't... I can't quite get my head around things like this. I don't understand why somebody would want to go out there and kill an animal that was doing absolutely nothing at all. Nothing at all. And so she's posing with them, you know, with with a shop sheep. And uh, then her companion, Jason, was with a goat. And then they've got a picture of her with her rifle. And she's wearing all this. To be honest with you, she's the most revolting person I've ever seen in the papers. We've had a few. We've had a few. Um, I don't find it upsetting. I just don't like her. I just don't like her. But a Scottish government spokesperson said, we fully understand why so many people find these images of hunted animals being held up as trophies so upsetting. Do you? (laughs) Obviously you don't. Responsible and appropriate culling of animals is a necessary part of sustainable land management. However, we understand the concerns. Listen, I don't have a problem with culling, but don't make it look as if it's some sport. Because what she's doing is going, oh, look, I'm going to shoot some beautiful... You'll see these animals today. It's almost as bad as the bloke who shot an elephant in South Africa. For no reason whatsoever, apart from he wanted to be a hunter and then he was posing it. This thing just collapses in front of us on YouTube. And all she's doing is sort of... So if you want to do culling, fine. We'll have professional people over there. Not some American who's obviously paid to come over and do it. I don't like that at all. But they, they say we will consider whether changes to the law might be required. Well, what do you What do you say? to some idiot like that. You know, she wants to come over here. We had a dentist. You remember there was a dentist who went also hunting and was shooting lions. And they go, oh, but don't worry, they're bred for purpose. Really? Well, there you go. I suppose the argument could be, well, we sort of, we kill cows and cattle and things like that and we eat it. But, you know, that's, that's different. I'm not paying for some sort of sport 
to actually cull things down. Dreadful. Uh, also, uh, the disgraceful BBC bosses blasted over sexist pay and forcing staff to avoid tax. Because you remember that one of them, Krista Ackroyd, has already been ordered to pay £420,000 in unpaid tax after she was encouraged to set up a PSC. And uh, I know lots of people in that situation. And what people do is they actually set these things up and uh, the, the, the tax office are clamping down on people saying, well, we think it's some sort of avoidance. I thought they were legal. I thought they were legal. Uh, but obviously now... They've decided they're going to... I mean, where if somebody came to you and said, by the way, we're after £420,000, you go, and where's that supposed to come from? I'll tell you what, I'll just declare myself bankrupt. Small wonder. Ian says, I think pumpkins look rather nice, but they taste disgusting. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, agree. I, I don't like the taste of them either. But there again, I don't like haggis. I'm not into haggis. It's horrible. Horrible. And I don't do um, um, blood pudding or whatever. What do they call it? Black pudding. Black pudding. No, because I don't like haggis. It's horrible. It's innards. It's disgusting. I don't even like oxtail soup. I just don't... I think that looks horrible. I can't even eat lamb. I mean, at least all, because I discovered a neck of lamb. And I kept imagining it with a little head on, peering at me, going, don't eat me, don't eat me. So I, don't, I haven't. It makes me feel ill. So somebody in America's very happy. They've just won on their lottery £1.2 billion. Pounds. It's amazing. Uh, the odds of winning the jackpot had been just one... In 302.5 million. And so they've got 1.6 billion dollars, 1.2 billion pounds, largest jackpot ever. Uh, In July, somebody from California won 543 million pounds, dollars on the lottery. But I think that what you get is you get a percentage. If you want the whole lot, you have it spread over a number of years. They're not going to give you 1.6 billion dollars. It's going to be spread over a number of years. So that's, that's why I think... Uh, it's still a lot of money. Can you imagine if they went and you can have half of it in cash? Thank you. That'll do for me $500 million. Are you serious? Oh, dear, I tell you, life would be so interesting. You could be a real, a real sort of, you know, a person who uh, benefacted to so many people. You know, this this story of this little boy in the papers today who is terminal. And so the whole town came out and they did Christmas for him. See, that to me is, is just something that it just makes you feel good all over because it's, it's nice. It's something that's, that's sweet and he, he will remember for however much longer he has. And we don't know. We just know that he's uh, terminally ill and uh, he's not going to make it to Christmas. So they did Christmas early for him. This Bible, if I had 10,000 and I was very rich, I'd probably buy it, actually. Uh, the text was translated directly from the Hebrew and Greek by a Protestant reformist called William Tyndale in 1536. He printed 3,000 copies. Uh, But then he was condemned as a heretic by the Catholic Church's Cardinal Wolsey. As a result, first editions of the Tyndale Bible were destroyed. So this is only the fourth copy to appear on the market. He himself paid the ultimate price. He was executed and burnt uh, burnt at the stake, crying out as he died, Lord... Open the King of England's eyes. <clears throat> so there it is. 10,000 quid. <coughs> Excuse me, it's got to be worth more than that, hasn't it? I reckon it is. Anyway, uh, well done, Prince Harry, for the Invictus Games. He gets loads of um, plaudits. Somebody wrote in the paper no mention of Tony Blair, who supplied most of the contestants. You have to sort of take that with a pinch of salt in which it's uh, meant. Premature deaths are twice as high in Blackpool as down south. 
the racist in the jet rant, the, he's a reclusive porn fan, we're now told. And Debenhams losses, the biggest in 240 years, £500 million. There's going to be closures, I promised you. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Coming up to four minutes past five. It's a Thursday morning, coming to you live from Leicester Square. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast till seven. It's the 25th of October. So the pregnant Duchess rushed out of a marketplace in Fiji amid fears of security. So she went out. Then she goes on to sort of talk about, you know, different bits and pieces. They're they're sort of getting her to do speeches. But, I mean, she's pregnant. She must be exhausted, I should imagine. Uh, The burger chain to act 17 outlets. This is Gourmet Burger. We have one in Richmond. Whether it's uh, still open after this, I don't know. The President's bomb hell. All these bombs that have been uh, sent round to Obama and Clinton... And uh, loads of other people as well. Luckily, they all have security and you just can't send a parcel to them and it gets delivered to them. It's got to go through. Almost if you're going to an airport, they must have scanners all over the place. So uh, at the moment, they're trying to find out who actually sent them. Uh, They're very rustic. Mind you, a a bomb's a bomb as far as I'm concerned, whether they're rustic or not. And the writing's uh, not very good at all. Lots of spelling mistakes. So it shouldn't take too long. I bet you anything they find some, it'll turn out to be... I can almost predict where they're going to come from. But there you go. We'll leave that for the moment. The shocking surge in hospital superbug cases. Uh, And the big question in the papers today, even though it was a yesterday story, should supermarkets be selling sex toys? I don't think so, actually. I I mean, I don't... I don't think they should be. Because, I mean, surely kids are going to ask questions, aren't they? Of of what is it? Can you just imagine... You know, hearing parents trying to get round that one. Can't be that easy, can it? Uh, Also, the racist. You remember the one on the jet, on the Ryanair? It turns out, according to people who live with him, he likes to watch pornography, etc., etc. The the press turned up and he said, go away or I'll call the police. Good, call the police. Uh, Debenhams, their biggest losses in 240 years, £500 million. So there's going to be closures, quite definitely. Uh, What was the other one that... um, Oh, the knitting tribute... To the war heroes, this is people who knit poppies. And they look brilliant. One of the uh, one of the papers has actually got them today. Also guilty, the Islamic couple with dozens of kids at an illegal school, asking all sorts of strange, peculiar things. They've, um, uh, they find them a £1,000. Doesn't really seem enough, does it? Uh, who runs the world? Mainly, it's men called David and Stephen. With a PH, not with a V. With a PH. The popular spelling, thank you very much indeed. On the feast of Steve N, okay, not V. You know, good King Wenceslas last looked out on the feast of me, okay. That's the way it goes. Also, the uh, the untold story of Hollywood's lost star, River Phoenix, drugs, drugs. I always remember the story. Do you know why I remember the story? Not because River Phoenix died early, but because he died. Uh, outside the Viper Room, I think, or was it inside the Viper Room, which which is part of the Hollywood tour. When you go on the Hollywood tour and it does Rodeo Drive, on the way to Rodeo Drive is the Viper Room. It just look, There's lots of low-level sort of bars and stuff like that. Anyway, River Phoenix dies. He was pretty boy. He'd made my, uh, my own private Idaho, which was sort of a cult film. Uh, but then it turns out he had this, this problem with drugs. So he died. And the National Enquirer which is sort of roughly the equivalent of, I don't know, a scandal magazine, decided that they want to put him on the front page of their magazine. Because the National Enquirer did things like that. They probably still do. But they had to get a picture of him in his coffin. And how did they do it? 
they paid a member of his family to have a little tiny camera fitted onto their shirt, which was one of the buttons. And so you got the picture as they, because there was an open coffin for members of the family. It wasn't open to the press quite clearly. So they knew they weren't going to get the picture that way. So they, they paid a relative uh, who took the picture of River Phoenix in his coffin and they put it on the front page and they got chastised for it. And the answer they came back with was, we put him on the front page as a deterrent for people not to take drugs. Did it work? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Listening to Darren Adams, says Celine, is how I found out about the Steve Allen show. See, there we go. See that how it works. It's what it's called cross-pollination. Cross-pollination, where you sort of you sort of throw forward to something and then and you pick up and you think, oh, that's quite interesting. I quite like that programme. Are the lottery winners in the UK taxable? Uh, well, they are if you put them into account where you make make money on them. Of course, yes. It's 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 tax-free for the actual money, for you keep it stuck under your bed. But the moment you put it into a bank account and you start making interest, you pay interest on that. Because in Canada, they're tax-free. Well, um, yes, in America, I think they are. But until you start making money, that's how I think it works anyway. I, I could be correct. It seems an awful lot of money, doesn't it? Steve, in the American lottery, you have to pay tax as well as getting paid over a period of time. The winner will have more friends and begging letters than he or she could ever imagine. Too much for one prize. Oh, I did, yeah, but wouldn't, wouldn't it be fun just to have that for a day? Would that, would that not be just... Good, you know, you sort of go, what, what must it be like to have that much money? You can go out and buy anything. You want to buy a, a Rolex watch or a diamond studded... Well, of course, somebody's going to take them away from you. That's what's going to happen. Somebody's going to take them away. Uh, somebody says, no one has the over-65 flu vaccine, says Liz. Got loads of them around my way. Loads of them. I've tried my surgery in all the local pharmacies. Hope I survive the winter. You might not. Might not. Yes, but uh, no, in, in London, we're all, we're all fine. We're all fine, as far as I know, actually. Mind you, I haven't had mine yet. I keep meaning to sort of get it done. I haven't. I'm, just, I'm worrying about doing all the other little bits and pieces. Yes, um, mine's the under... No, it's not. Not the under... I wish it was. No, my, mine's the one for, for diabetes. They've turned that light off again out there. <laughs> Sorry, every so often on this program, you'll hear me going, they've turned the light off again. And it really drives me mad. It's because it frightens me because it's, I've got a glass, a pane of glass in the door and I can't see if somebody's looking in. But with the light on, I can now see things. As I say, I'll pay for the electricity for those two light bulbs in there if necessary. I think they're installing desks. They put desks in and everything else. Producers, very excited. What's going on in there? Like, I know. I'm obviously the font of all, all knowledge. So is my postman now called a postperson, says Stephen? Um, we just call them posties. Posty covers everything. That, that's the, the multi-gender one. Posty. Hello, Posty, people say. Our Posty's in shorts all year round. Come rain, come shine, come summer, come winter. Always in shorts. Always good. Always knows. You know, he's, he's just very good. I like, I like all the Post people around my way. Brenda says, do you remember kids doing Penny for the Guy? Yes. They'd have a rather naff guy, which would sort of sort of a stuffed thing with all the tights and everything else in a pram and a penny for the guy on it. In those days, I mean, I don't think any kids ever spent the money on fireworks. I mean, you've got to take some, some, a fair amount of money if you're going to be doing penny for the guy to actually buy fireworks. And you cut, because we used to buy a little box for 12 and sixpence or 17 and sixpence or a pound and you get lots of little fireworks in it oh I tell you it was great fun I know people nowadays go they're quite dangerous I appreciate the fact that they are because they're they're gunpowder and colours and stuff like that but we used to love them oh the smell 
of an evening and you'd wait, you know, for your dad to get home for work. Probably do it the same now. The kids are sitting there and you've already taken them out of the box and laid them all out and decided which one was going to be first and which one was going to be second and which was going to be your big finish of the, of the little firework display. And there'd always be at least one or two that didn't, that didn't actually do anything and those ones you had to kick over. That's what we used to do when we were younger. Always have a bucket of water handy just in case. And um, it was, we used to, the smell on bonfire. And then your dad would get home. You'd go, Can we do the fireworks now? And your daddy go, no, let your father go and have a wash. He, he's going to have his tea first. Oh, God, why? We were always very... Another yawn. That was another yawn. What is the matter with you, honestly? Producer can barely stay awake on this programme. Am I not exciting enough? I thought this programme was fairly sort of... You know, there's people. if people are falling asleep the way that you do... Mind you, we did have a producer who did fall asleep on the programme completely, out for the count... And people thought that was hilarious. I don't know why they thought it was hilarious. I'm sitting here thinking, how long can he sleep for? The answer is quite a long time, actually. Nick Ferrari's done it again. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm reading one of our own tweets here. Nick Ferrari's done it. Not only is his uh, LBC breakfast show number one in London for hours and share, his audience has grown by 20%. Hashtag Rajar. Hashtag leading Britain's conversation. Woo! You can imagine. I told you, people are all going to be in a very good mood today. I bet there's a cake. I bet there's a cake. I won't. I, it's always gone by the time I get here. There's ever any cake left. They go. I always. I always. I'll be sitting at home, and there'll be an email comes up going. There's cake in the usual place to celebrate the figure. We go. I'm not there. Can't eat cake anyway. But uh, quite nice. Uh, Cross pollination says Georgia. Is that why so many listen to Dave O'Brien? Possibly. <laughs> it's either that or he pays them, which I think is funny. Is it an automatic light, Steve? Some lights switch themselves off. If nobody. No, no, it's not. No, somebody's got to put their hand round the door. And turn it off. And it's only because I look to the left of me every so often, because I'm fairly animated as presenters go, and, and it, it, it was sort of dark. Because some presenters, in fact, sometimes, if I'm down in the reception, we have a huge screen, it's about the size of this room, and it flips around all the radio stations that we own. And you could see all the presenters. And sometimes people are not moving at all. And I think, are they dead? Why are they not moving? And it turns out it's, it's a frozen picture. It's quite good. I'm not on that one. I'm, 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 because I'm in a different studio. I'm in what they call, is it 3L? Am I? In, I think I'm in 3L. Oh, sorry, I'm in 3M. I do beg your pardon. 3M. Very exciting, isn't it? Really. We've got so I could be on screen, but I don't want to be because I've got cameras in the studio, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not a photogenic person. You know, some people are very photogenic. I'm not uh, one of them. Statins, according to the Express, they love anything to do with diabetes. It raises the risk of it. Millions of people who take statins may increase their risk of developing type 2 diabetes by up to 30%. Well, believe you me, you don't, you don't really want... You know, anything like uh, Simvastatin uh, is... In fact, I actually take Simvastatin. In fact, I, I seem to about 80 tablets a week. Lots of people talking about, you know, do they boost your health? And you've got one saying yes, and they've got one saying no. Who do you believe nowadays? Who do you believe? It's like I occasionally get a letter from somebody going, you know that you can reverse your diabetes. And you think, I don't think so somehow. I know people say you can, but uh, not, uh, not, as far as, uh, not as far as I'm concerned. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I love the pictures in the papers today of Meghan leaving this uh, this market with her new female bodyguard. And so there's a picture of Meghan with the bodyguard. And then they say the close protection officer who cannot be named for operational reasons. Well, here she is. We've got a photograph of her. I mean, how complicated is that? She replaces, I think, Sergeant Bill Renshaw. This one is an inspector. 
And uh, to be honest with you, I thought she was pregnant as well because she looks so she's more pregnant than than Megan is. And uh, so she gets she gets protection. So you can't name her, but we've got a picture of her. What's the difference? Somebody will tell you who she is by uh, by tomorrow. Stars have a bash at recreating the best moustaches uh, for men's charity. I don't know why. They've got Ashley Roberts, Ben Miller, uh, Anchorman, Ben Shepard. They call him an Anchorman now, Ben Shepard. They don't really sort of want to call him anything else. And Paddy uh, McGuinness as Freddie Mercury. Oh, God. Him and his boring wife. Uh, also, uh, Country Fire presenter Anita Rani has revealed she wants her mum to join her on her new podcast. What is it with these people? This insatiable, insatiable appetite for wanting to be somebody. It's like sort of watching the Loose Women panel. The other day they had poor old Janet Street Porter droning on. And then she's in the papers today about she's she suffers from loneliness. That's because she alienates people. That's why. I'm not surprised she's lonely. She has four ex-husbands. One she doesn't talk about. The other she's still friendly with. And then she talks about loneliness in the paper. And the, the three people on the Loose Women panel are the only friends she appears to have. That's what you think, dear. That's what you think. Uh, here they are, knitted poppies. And uh, these are at... A church in Norwich, and they've got 15,000 of them transforming a church. Each knitted poppy represents a soldier named on a war memorial. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. But I can't understand why, why people don't give. You must give. Out of all the things you give to, you must certainly give to make some noise because it goes for lots of little charities that don't get that opportunity. They really don't. And, uh, and you must also give to, uh, to the British Legion. It's one of those things. Uh, so what have we got here? Jamie Lee Curtis. They're doing a, um, a film. She's going to recreate Halloween, which was 40 years ago. I don't like those sort of films. I don't like them. I, I don't want to be scared by something. They're, they're, they're doing it on Celebrity Juice, but there you go. I mean, who cares? It's really not as exciting. Graham Norton says he's snubbed socially by the stars on his programme. He says, I don't have any famous friends and the stars don't ask me out to dinner after the show either. Well, yeah, because that, that, I mean, I wouldn't do that. I've never had guests in on In Conversation. They go, let's, let's, let's go out for a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. They don't say that. People don't do it. You, 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 aren't, you aren't their friends. They have their own friends. They're just people that you bump into. But the producer, you might sort of say to me, oh, should we go out for lunch? Absolutely not. Absolutely not a cat in 80s chance. You know, you don't want to sort of start socialising with that. would be ridiculous. Why would you want to socialise with somebody? Got enough trouble with your own friends, for goodness sake. Chris says, mentioning lottery winners reminds me of the couple who won the pools. That dates me. Do they still do the pools? I'm not even sure if they do the pools. The wife asked the husband what they should do about the begging letters, to which he replied, just keep sending them. Separately, where do you stand on beetroot? Well, I never stand on beetroot, but I do enjoy beetroot. In fact, i tell you where I enjoy it most. With a prawn cocktail. Chopped beetroot with a prawn cocktail is delicious. It just turns the... Um, the sauce, the Mary Rose sauce with it, a rather peculiar purple colour, which in turn can affect all sorts of things. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We'll take all your uh, texts and emails on the programme between now and seven. Stairway to excess. Nobody did drink drugs and groupies like Jimmy Page and co. And then one band member pressed the self-destruct button and uh, the biggest musical phenomenon of the 1970s fell apart. Actually, there is a link... Is there not? There is a link, I think, with uh, with Robert Plant and LBC. And it goes back some years ago when we were trying to get a big choir together in uh, Battersea Park. And Mike Bat 
uh, did this song called Whatever You Believe, and it became the LBC big song, and Robert Plant, I think, was one of the people singing it. If, if you've got a copy, it's a, it's a rare thing to have if you're one of these people that, uh, that collects memorabilia. Uh, here it is. This is the, uh, the Seven Bridge, and they've got lots of people with lanterns going over. That's quite nice. That's, you know. They've got this bridge in China. Have you seen it? It links China mainland with something. It's about 37 miles long. I've never, it's taken them 10 years to get round to it. I didn't know that you could actually have a bridge that would be fairly safe. Um, uh, and it was, it was that length. I mean, there's a very big one that goes from Tampa to Sarasota because mm, uh, Dale used to live in uh, Sarasota. This is China's 34-mile bridge, links up 70 million people. And it's amazing. It's 20 times the length of California's Golden Gate Bridge. I mean, to be honest with you, if you like this kind of thing, you'll probably think it's absolutely beautiful. But the one that goes from Tampa, you get off the uh, the aeroplane at Tampa, and then you uh, and then Dale picked me up, and then we could drive all the way over the bridge, and you've got pelicans flying next to the car. Most bizarre thing, really. And uh, th- this one here, it's it's lovely. You sort of go up, and then you sort of come down a little bit. I don't think I'd want to do it all the time. This Sunshine Skyway Bridge, built over Tampa Bay. I think, I think it's a bit of a naff name, but, I mean, Sarasota's lovely. What's Sarasota famous for? I bet you don't know. Circus Town. That's where Ringling Brothers, well, they did when they were in operation, and uh, Bailey had their winter quarters, so it would not be unusual to see circus folk walking down the high street. And uh, it's lovely. I was watching a programme the other day. What was I watching? Oh, it was the um, Frozen Planet. And it was unbelievable because it's the it's the box set. Unfortunately, I cannot get rid of the audio description. A dark moon is in the background. A killer whale rises out of the water. So you get that in between David Watts's face doing the actual commentary on it. And it was it was the seals and killer whales killing seals. And so you've got the seal on the ice flow. And it's only it's only a little bit of ice. It's enough to, to look at. And the, the killer whales come in and there's a pod of them. There's about four, four or five. They all swim in unison. And what they do is they submerge and then one of them will pop up and have a look at where the seal is. And so they will see the seal on the thing and they then go, they then drop down. What do they do then? They waft their tails together. They're so clever. They waft their tails, which in turn creates a wave which knocks the seal into the water. And that's the idea. Anyway, the seal goes into the water and, of course, then bears its teeth. So the killer whales, you can see it coming up. And it makes you wonder if the seal on the ice flow is aware of what's going on. Because there's about four or five killer whales. They're swimming around. They knock it into the water. Okay. In fact, in this particular case... The seal goes, what the heck? Gets knocked into the water. The ice piece that it's on gets cut in half. Okay. Anyway, it manages to find another piece of ice. It climbs onto it. This sort of happens a few times. The killer whales need to get it in the water where they're on their own territory. And it gets there and it's on a little piece of ice. And the killer whale comes up very slowly next to it. It sees exactly where it is. And then it takes its tail on the seal, and it just pulls it back into the water very slowly. And it's at that moment you can see the look. I mean, I know, you see, I'm, it's, it's sort of, it, it sort of realises that something is not going particularly well here. 
and it misses it first time. The seal manages to get away, but then the seal must realise this is not going to be my day at all, and it isn't. And all the whale wants to do is just get hold of the seal's tail, and the poor thing climbs back onto the little bit of ice that is available, but it's time... And its minutes are numbered. So there it is. It's so exhausted, it climbs onto the ice. And I was watching this yesterday. And these killer whales, which are they're big things, they really are. And then it slowly pulls it off. It's, I mean, it's, nature is, is just fantastic. And I often wondered why, when they make these things, can't they save the animals? And somebody said, you cannot do that. You're not allowed to interfere. Otherwise, every time you go out to watch a lion hunt... You know, and they're, and they're trying to catch wildebeest, and you interfere. The, the, the lions would starve, so you just have to let it take its course. I was watching something else. Where was it? Buffalo. Buffalo, I think it was. <laughs> and it was, um, it, was, it was a buffalo, yeah, a big buffalo, and some dogs were hunting it. But it was a pack of 25. And this thing, what they do is they, they try and spook the buffalo... And so, but of course the buffalo, as long as they stay together, but of course there's always one buffalo that is sort of being a bit, don't run, don't run away by yourself once they've separated one. Anyway, this thing's gambling along and the dogs are running along the side of it. And then another buffalo runs past, knocks the first buffalo over and that's it. Game over. Game over. A friend of mine says, just grateful I'm not a seal this morning. <laughs> you could never be a seal. Although, have you seen the size of them? You know that these... Um, these leopard seals, they can be up to 17 feet long. They're serious. They're huge. Oh, you have to check it, don't you? I used to have a producer years ago, and he used to... I'd say something, he'd say, oh, Steve, I'm just going to check that. And uh, I remember reading about leopard seals and how, how big they are. Not leopard skirt. We don't want to know that. So leopard seals. It's the second largest species of seal in the Antarctic. Go on, there you go. 13 foot in this particular one. 13 foot. 17 foot. They go up to three, three metres, they've said here, but they go, they, they, they can go bigger. Depends how much they've eaten, I suppose. But I sat there watching this thing, thinking, do you think that seal knows that it's now found immortality on a television programme? Do you think it now goes, oh, yeah, it's probably, probably gone to seal heaven, wherever it is. Kevin the Milky says, still got the shorts on here as well, Steve. Winter officially starts when I put a pair of jeans on. Wash says, I don't know what I'd do without your show, Steve. Nothing good on television these days. Thank God. Thank God at this time of the morning. We don't want stuff like that, do we? I like the idea. Grateful I'm not a seal this morning. <laughs> it's good fun. I didn't think you'd be working this week, actually. It's a friend of mine who works, you know, within the same business. And uh, I thought because the kids are on holiday. So you have to, you have to go and do things with them. Museums. Museums, what were the, the, the train strikes with the RMT and Waterloo Station and Southwestern trains? Bit of a pain, really. But museums are good. I mean, do you know the one that the, 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 the kids love? Science Museum. There's so much going on in there, but don't pay to go in. I always tell people, don't pay to go in. We paid for it, you know, time and time again. Uh, Kevin says, back in the 60s, me and my sister used to stand next to the chippy and collect a penny for the guy. And after the sky got dark, we got crackling from the chippy and walked home for dinner. <sighs> Happy day. I don't think anybody ever bought fireworks. In fact, I don't think parents nowadays would actually encourage their child to go out there and start begging on the street. Although, to be honest with you, you know, if you do get fireworks, and, you know, I like fireworks, just be, just be careful. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It is. It is, Steve Allen. It's nice to have you company. I trust you are well this morning. Trust you're looking forward to the, uh, the weekend. Not really much to look forward to, is there? Because they keep saying it's getting colder and colder and colder. And uh, This morning, I didn't think it was that cold. Oh, it's quite nice. I bought some new shoes yesterday. 
uh, which I'm sort of wearing. And normally I'm a ten and a half. But you try finding ten and a half in this day and age, and they don't. We've got ten, and we've got eleven. So I bought an eleven, and actually it fits fits quite nicely. What size are you? See, I can't wear trainers. I can't do the laces up. Thirteen. Thirteen. Good Lord above. I've never. What doesn't? I don't think the height of six four is in relation to the size of your feet. Of course it isn't. I've seen women of six foot plus, and they don't have huge feet like that. That's not feet. That's boots. It's ridiculous. But no, it doesn't work like that. Just because you're big, tall, doesn't mean you have big feet. Well, it doesn't. Ridiculous, honestly. He's just trying to make himself interesting to people, you know. Ooh, we've got size 13 feet. I've never met anybody with size 13 feet before. How big's your bed? Have you got... Oh, it's a double. I bet it's a double bed and you have to lie across it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I thought it would be. You're, you're who has? Who? Your cousin's got size 18 feet. I can't remember what the biggest feet there were. There was a bloke once, and I can't remember what... He might have been size 24. Whatever it was, he was very, very tall. And he had to get a special bed made for himself. Because there must be immense problems. Much as though people go, oh, is that because I said yesterday, I thought that I was about six foot tall. But uh, there's one here. The largest feet uh, belonged to a guy who died in 1940. And so he's wearing sandals here. And he is... One foot three inches. That's 38.1 centimetres. He currently lives in Paris. His name is Brahim Tekula from Morocco. He's the claim with the world's largest feet. He was, he was sort of, he was like this when he was 18. He grew three feet in a year. You see, people go, oh, isn't it great? He's really tall. I don't think there's any advantages, I've decided, to being tall. Apart from you could reach the tin off the top shelf, but that's about it. I quite, I mean, that, that is really too, too big, isn't he? Too, too big. But anyway, so there'd be all sorts of problems buying clothes. You know, there'd be certain things that would fit him and certain things that wouldn't. He had a, a, a glandular problem. Anyway, uh, Steve, uh, me and my cousin Stuart, says Lynn, used to make our own guy. This is Penny for the Guy, which we used to do many years ago. Made a fair amount of money, which we always spent on jumping jacks. Great fun setting them off at the family get-together firework party. Nan's face was a picture. Jumping jacks. I'm not even sure you can buy jumping jacks now. Not even sure. I'm more a rocket person. I'm more a rocket person. <laughs> uh, Walsh says, I don't know what I'd do without your show, Steve. Yeah, thank you. Uh, people always say that to me. They say, I don't know what I'd do without it. They well, you just do without it, I suppose. I don't know. That's why I keep saying... I, st- I did, do remember saying to people, you know, some, some time ago... Uh, just press the bottom left button on your remote control. Hold it for a few seconds and it should remove the sound description, says Anne. It didn't. I tried everything. I've, I remember before I used to get quite annoyed. Yesterday, I'd, I'd, having sort of sorted out the accountant with the help of two other people. I can't do it by myself. I'm totally useless. And today we'll just pay the accountant. And, um, and then today, oh, I had sprouts again. Whole packet of sprouts. Only this time I got a bit carried away. I had sprouts, frankfurters... And mushrooms. It was a delicious combination. But the sprouts are so tiny, they're like sort of less than half an inch across. Little baby sprouts. But I love them. I love them. First thing I'd buy, says Linda, if I won the lottery big time, would be some really good champagne. Any suggestions? No, I'm not, I'm not really a champagne drinker. I have drunk champagne. Cristal. I suppose. That's quite... I mean, even, you know, cheap... I mean, the trouble is, it depends what you know, a good champagne. I think, you know, anything like that is 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 fine if you want to do it. 150 quid a bottle, that would be. In nightclubs, 400. 
That's the markup. It's phenomenal, isn't it, really? Stuart in Edinburgh says, Oi, I'm six foot three and size 14 feet. Six foot. Perhaps we should do a poll on this programme and discover, you know, what's the smallest feet? Women have the smallest feet, don't they? I'm assuming you get people, they go, oh, I'm a size three. And you go, three? What's that? That must be baby. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of ten and a half, but eleven today. And I bought the shoes. See, I'm a bit funny about shoes. People go out there and people go, oh, you can buy a really expensive pair of shoes. It can cost you six, seven hundred pounds if you have them made, uh, you know, up to, well, up to a lot of money. Uh, me... 60 quid. <laughs> Perhaps I've just become immensely mean. It's not, it's not intentional. I don't really want to be <laughs> don't want to be mean about buying shoes. But I think 60 quid is quite enough. So when, when they sort of wear out, I threw them away. I wore my other shoes into Richmond. I bought these other shoes in M&S. And then I, I stood at the, by the bus and I put on the, the new ones and threw the other ones in the bin. Because somebody will take them out. I know they will. And they'll use them, which is great. I don't have a problem with that. It's just that they, they weren't working for me at all. <laughs> they really weren't. Um, here we go. This is, um, oh, this is quite nice, actually. This is a dad and his very poorly son who aimed to set a record for the longest football scarf at one and a half miles. Alfie Lund, who's 10, can't walk or talk because of a genetic disorder. His family spent four years sewing 1,700 scarves to raise awareness. His dad, Mark, who comes from Lancashire, said it would take 10 minutes to run from start to finish. The record attempt will be checked next year. That nice, honestly. People do the nicest things. Whenever there's children involved, it just you just sort of think to yourself, I don't like seeing uh, sick children. I don't like seeing ill children because you think it's not right. It's not right. I think you're supposed to have a long and healthy life. Uh, well, as healthy as you can be nowadays and be nice to as many people as possible. And if you're a child, I don't think somebody should take away your right to living. I think people should live for ages and ages. I really do. Picture of uh, Ronaldo and uh, Alex Ferguson. They first met 15 years ago. Still got a bond and they got a picture taken, which is great. Everybody very happy in that. Also, the chips are down for the burger chain. Yes, this is Gourmet Burger Kitchen. They're axing 17 sites, putting 250 jobs at risk after big losses. It's owned by South Africa's famous brands. It employs 2,000 people. Good Lord. Uh, loads of other people have actually chained, uh, sorry, have actually done things. Byron have closed sites as restaurants are hammered by cut price competition. It does come down to competition. I wonder how many people listening have ever eaten at the Gourmet Burger Company. Out of all the burgers, I mean, I told you, me and my friend Paul ate at uh, Five Guys. And that's blooming expensive. That is, I mean, that is seriously expensive. Perhaps I just haven't eaten out very often, but I mean, an awful lot of of money went out of our pot. And all we had was two double cheeseburgers. Not fairly straightforward. Chips, of which there were way too many. We could have done with just one portion of chips. And two two milkshakes. That was the best part of 40 quid. £40, honestly. Do you realise how many shows I have to do to get the money to eat out? But luckily today I can go and eat something. And so I'm not going to have sprouts today. I've decided it's very bad to have sprouts two days on the trip. Are you eating all the chocolate? How many have you eaten so far? That was a whole... You haven't eaten three. You've eaten dance like more than three. I mean, at one point, you couldn't cram enough in your mouth, could you? How many? Hold, hold up the packet and show me how many are in there. I, I left him with a pack of heroes. Big mistake there. Big, big mistake. What are you doing now? It's no good putting the wrappers back in there and wrapping things up in them. We know you've eaten them. The trouble is he just... If, it, if the food's there, he eats it. Have you... You've eaten loads of them. You have. You've not just eaten three... No, you're, you're blaming it on two other people who are in the studio and they're not here to defend themselves. I think in the court of law, 
If Judge Rinder were judging you. Oh, the bad news is he's coming back at Christmas with a programme. A programme for children. So they put an advert in a paper saying, you know, did somebody ever take your toy? And they, I thought, what, you're encouraging children to appear on television? No, thank you very much indeed. We don't want things like that. Have you eaten the sandwich? You've eaten the sandwich. Got another one. <laughs> Actually, the funny thing is I've got, look, grapes, but you're not having grapes. I'm saving those for people I like. And, and I've got, oh, look what I found in the bottom of my bag today. Da, 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 da. Not for you. Uh, the strawberries. A whole ba- Why have we still got British strawberries? We're in October. Where do they come from? These ones come from Malling in... Uh, which is Kent, isn't it, I believe? I didn't even know it's... I thought it was a bit a bit late for strawberries. I wonder if they taste... Do you know when they, they do Wimbledon? You know they have to taste the strawberries to decide which, which make they're going to use. And there's one particular farm that they like. And I will only eat strawberries if they've got a stalk on that I can hold. I like to hold it as if it was a little lollipop. And mm. Ooh, a bit sharp. A little bit, this time of the morning, a little bit sharp. Like that. Oh, it's all the hairs on your arms stand on end. If indeed I had hairs on my arm to stand on end. And if you do... Mm. Something nice about British strawberries. Something nice about them. It's, it's the one thing that we do quite well, because we can't play football... Oh, blimey, I've dropped the blimey thing. I've now dropped the strawberry. It's not good, is it? Anyway, uh, short break. A little bit earlier than uh, the usual, but it is important because with Southwest trains on strike, well, not all of them, but there's certainly a much reduced service. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Uh, Steve, I remember the incident with the fireworks. You told us you put in a barrel or some pot and it exploded. Oh, we had dreadful fireworks. One, I tell you, we had we had a, a number of stories about fireworks proving that they are quite dangerous. But uh, this was a guy who used to feature on the program years and years and years ago, and um, he uh, he worked for Standard Fireworks, and so he came on. We were talking about fireworks and you know where they originated from and the sort of the fireworks that you get for displays are different from the fireworks which you buy at home when they when you get those big fireworks to go and it shoots up into the sky it looks like a coconut it comes as a coconut with a long thing on and a, a, a tube and so in those days the patio was full of big plant containers and I thought because it was it's concrete and tiles and all the rest of it what on earth do you do so I thought if we put this tube into the actual planter that would be fine then we could shoot the like shooting a rocket off Anyway, unfortunately, what we didn't realise is that these these actual fireworks, which were display fireworks, um, were so powerful. So we, we, we put the tube into this big, it was probably about four foot square, big planter, full of earth, pushed it in right down to the bottom, put the coconut in there. And it, it does look like a coconut with a long fuse that comes out and we lit it. And we all stood back and watched and it went... With a tremendous whoosh, the coconut shoots into the air, up the tube, and all the earth in the planter goes with it. So we're having to run for cover as all the earth comes raining. It looked like the Somme. It was terrible. But these things are really, really impressive. And so ever since then, I loved the fireworks. But we had a bad batch. 
we had a bad batch. This uh, this man said, I'll, I'll arrange to send some fireworks down to you, which you can have for bonfire night, which was lovely. And uh, it was a rogue batch. These things, when we had the rockets, they didn't go up as far as we thought. These things only went up about 50 feet and then came back down to the earth again. So, of course, they hadn't disgorged their beautiful colours and everything else. So we had, it was like a scene from Mary Poppins on the roof, where they're all up on the roof and there's fireworks coming out. It was like that. It was as bad. But uh, it was it was still still lovely. Uh, Helinka says you've mentioned on a few cases stuff with sore legs. It's the shoes. What did you, did you know what you're supposed to do? I know that you can also get it uh, from uh, from sort of different things like that because the the statin simvastatin uh, is known to cause myalgia, which is muscle pain. Perhaps mention the side effect. It goes in fits and starts. The shoes the other day gave me pain. These sho- you're supposed to change your shoes every day. Wear a different pair. Every single day, and that way apparently it's supposed to be better. If you wear the same pair of shoes every day, which a lot of people do, that apparently is really bad for your feet. And never buy somebody else's shoes. Never go into a shop and buy second-hand shoes, which you will find probably in a lot of uh, a lot of charity shops. Eight minutes to six. Uh, Steve, I'm off today, and uh, I usually work nights delivering fruit and veg. I've been listening for years, but I don't think I'm your regular type of listener. I'm a young black guy that listens to to gangster rap. Well, there you go. I mean, that's I can't compete with that. But he says, he says, go on, let me have it. <laughs> Do you know, I would if if you named me something that was gangster, I wouldn't have the faintest idea what gangster rap was. Seriously, I, I really wouldn't have. I don't think it's very strange you being a young black guy. I really don't. But a young black guy who listens to gangster rap and listens to this program, that that I find interesting. However. Steve, I do have a Dale story. About 10 or 12 years ago, I was sitting in my van on Wardour Street and a Bentley Continental GT pulled up. I still remember the Reg 25 DW. I was with my ex at the time. We both realised who it was. He walked back and stopped by the van. It was drizzling. He looked at us and joked, it's all right for you sitting in there. I said, yeah, it's all right for you jumping out of that. <laughs> it's it's to be honest with you he uh, he spent a lot of time in Wardour Street the reason was he used to go to Ballon's because he knew Prady Ballon we knew Prady Ballon and um, we used to go in there quite a lot actually in fact if, if we were on the town we would always go to Ballon's at the end of the night and we would go in there sometimes for breakfast in the morning as well so he, he liked that then Prady died when he was on holiday in America and uh, I remember Dale phoning me saying, Prady's died. I went, are you sure? Really? I thought he was fitter than we were. But uh, he says, thank you. He said, I know that my grammar is rubbish. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> Listen, nobody worries about grammar. Listen, I think as long as you're a happy person within yourself, I think you, you can get away with everything nowadays. So I don't really have a regular type of listener. As I said earlier on, I think th- this programme kind of gets nine to 90. We can talk about Love Island. We can talk about, you know, Katie Price. We can talk about... You know, there's, there is a story on the front of the papers and it, it kind of echoes what I said the other day, which was a millionaire who has gagged the newspapers from revealing his name over bullying claims. He's shelled out, they say, £500,000 on a court order. Now, I thought these were called super injunctions. There is an MP in the paper today who has said they are going to name this person. They're going to use parliamentary privilege. Now, it's... Sorry? It's what? Uh, well, I mean, it's... I think you can do it in Parliament. I wouldn't... I mean, personally, I wouldn't want to sort of risk it. 
I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, I've no idea who this person is. I wasn't even sure of the story before, before everybody starts getting panicky. But um, they say uh, racism, bullying, sexual pestering, and they say, are, are there different... Are there different rules for rich people? If you're rich, can you have a story gagged? Can you come up with a super injunction because it would be damaging to your profession, whatever it is? Anyway, one of the MPs said that they are going to uh, to name this particular person. Now, I'm assuming that somebody somewhere in a newspaper would know who this is. And unfortunately, the internet, there was a there was one that was done a couple of years ago, a couple of years, yeah, a couple of years ago, and it was a very well-known person who got a super injunction out, turned on the internet, and I think in America, they'd already printed this person's name on the front cover. We were forbidden from talking about it, so I never bother with things like that, because I think, I don't know the story, and this this person is suitably well-known and suitably rich to put a gagging order out there. But they put them on the front page of a magazine in America. So, of course, you could go to America, buy this thing, but you couldn't talk about it over here. It was it was a ridiculous scenario. This one here, um, you know, social media has already started the rumours of who they think this person is. I mean, I'm not even going to hint at it because I don't know. And I'm not remotely interested. I'm more I'm more worried about the fact that the Duchess of Sussex left fans disappointed when she cut short an engagement due to crowds that were... There were too many people there. Now, she, she's obviously never done Waterloo Station in the morning. I mean, that is just absolutely, you know, the uh, the sort of the, the, the busiest... I think it is the busiest station in London. When do you think it happens at all the other ones, St Pancras and Victoria and Marylebone and all the rest of it? But Waterloo Station, if that train comes in and it can make it and stop and they go bing, 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 and the doors open... The, the sight of thousands of people coming towards you is enough to make you panic. So I, I, I do remember panicking on a regular basis at Waterloo Station. I'm always worried that somebody's going to walk, and some people walk towards you on their telephones, but looking at the telephone or reading a book. People come towards you reading it. Why do they do that? Why do they do that? They just do. Uh, so the, uh, the Sun are talking about this gag. And they're talking here, papers are silenced, but social media is a riot of speculation. How out of touch are our judges? Well, you can get away with anything nowadays, can't you? I mean, I find it absolutely unbelievable that we seem to have so, so many different different rules for different people. Also, the horror film resurrects Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, dysfunctional parents with 11 divorces, addicted to opiates, bad cosmetic operations, speculation on her sex. But after years in the showbiz wilderness, she's back. Yes, because they used to say, Jamie Lee Curtis, oh, she's gay. Because in Hollywood, they don't have this. Over here, you can't stop people coming out of the closet. There's almost an avalanche every day. It's like, oh, don't come out today. Why not? I want to tell everybody. Oh, go back inside. Go back inside. No. And I've started watching because I think they're absolutely fantastic. And I've discovered there's a British version. Uh, we've got the London Gay Men's Chorus. But they've got them all over America. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Really, really super. Really super. The BBC is still paying women far less. <coughs> I suppose until you complain about it, you don't get anything. And spare a thought for um, for a car transporter. Here he is. He's got Range Rovers, Jaguars. Uh, they're worth about £65,000, £70,000. And he's got them on the top deck. There's a Range Rover Villar worth 65000 uh, a Jaguar F-Pace worth sixty, a Range Rover seventy-five, and another Range Rover worth seventy-five thousand pounds. What does he do? He comes round a corner, and he can't slow down. He goes under a bridge. Unfortunately, he doesn't go under the bridge. Part of him goes under the bridge. The other half takes the top of these cars off. He's now got 
wrecked cars. It's understood that he was unable to stop as he rounded a bend. He had to be treated for shock. Because it's not the first time we've had this, where people can't work out the height of a bridge in relation to what they are driving. And this particular guy said the cars that start at £60,000 are the cost of damage. I mean, it's taken the roof off. The, the, it happened in Perth, in central Scotland. I don't know the road. I don't know the bridge. But I just feel immensely sorry for the driver who went, oh, my God, the cars, the cars. How that works, I don't know. Do you have to sort of get, to, you know, do you think they actually sort of make sure that they can get the cars repaired again? They probably can. Probably can. Never a day goes by. It's either the Beckhams in the paper or dreary old Rita Aura. Oh, dear, honestly. One of these days, spare us. Please spare us from the same people every day in the papers. Coming up to the news at six o'clock. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. And uh, still to come, the puppy thieves who held the knife to a pregnant owner's stomach. They stole all of them. They're not supposed to be away from their mothers uh, at all mother in this particular case I wonder what sort of people would steal dogs worth about a thousand each Diane Abbott's charity has been left to languish with money in the bank she's got about two grand in there how that works I've got no idea politeness and prudery are the new rock and roll the police forces struggle with rising crime and Jam Chowdhury called convicted terrorists he met behind bars amazing but there again he's not the full ticket is he poor soul uh, the Duchess comes up with a staggering statement. I believe in education for all. Amazing. Honestly, you win your place, I think, uh, in, in society. And uh, the Labour MP, set to name the businessman who brought silence of the workers. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, every four minutes past six. I know, doesn't seem possible, does it? I thought they said this week, by the time we get to Friday, we're going to be having snow. And it is Thursday, the 25th of October. And we've only got tomorrow. I think the snow will occur Scotland. I think the Highlands, definitely. There'll be a light dusting and then they'll say, ah, we were right, the snow, the snow actually fell. It is chilly out there this morning. And it's been a it's been a fairly sort of lazy week, but I have to thank you very much indeed, uh, LBC's audience. Nick Ferrari's done very. He'll be telling you about it this morning. It'll be on the news bulletins if it's not been on already, which I know it has been. So I'm just sort of reiterating. And uh, thank you. We still have the spike. The spike is still very prominent. We're very happy. So thank you very much indeed for that. Because it's down to you, really. If you if you don't if you don't want to listen to something, you don't have to listen to something. But luckily, you want to listen to something which is actually quite quite good. Um, in the papers say they're all talking about the uh, the bomb hell these these uh, amateurish devices which have been found and uh, they've all managed to be stopped nothing has exploded but there is always the danger that they might send them to an ordinary person in inverted commas in which case they might open it all the people they've been sent to uh, have their post checked for them it goes through scanners so there's just going to be no way that anything can happen they're going to find out where they were posted I don't know if you can put these things in a post box. I, don't, I can't remember what the post boxes in the States are like. I've got no idea. So we'll have to, uh, we'll have to wait and find out because probably over the next few days we will probably discover that there's uh, all sorts of problems. And when you look at them, the, the one to Mrs Clinton was discovered in the vicinity of the home she shares, she shares with her ex-president Humber. Uh, husband. Uh, also, Wednesday, there was one went to Obama's Washington, D.C. home. That was intercepted. Also, uh, Maxine Waters, that was intercepted. And um, all the packages had a return address for the Democrat Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz in Florida. The device sent to the former Attorney General Eric Holder had the wrong address on it and it was sent to Schultz. 
And uh, and you look at them, they've got spelling mistakes and all sorts of things. But they will find out where they came from and that will then give them a bit of an insight. I bet you anything, by the time we get to the weekend, you're going to be knowing exactly where these things came from. Uh, one was found in a post box, but the caretaker became suspicious. Thank God. This is to George Soros's mansion. Uh, in the affluent community of Bedford outside New York City. And so they left it unopened in a wooded area. Then they alerted the police. So it's it's all, it's OK. But there could be more. Somebody's obviously sat down putting these things together, working out exactly how they uh, how they go. The secrecy storm over the businessman. Uh, different on the internet. But anybody else can't even allude to who this person is. Has gagged the press over sexual harassment, five staff at the centre of racism and sex claims. And so people... So what, what he's done, basically, or she's done, is uh, is bought silence. So they've gagged a newspaper over sexual harassment and racial abuse claims. This is a, a person... I don't even want to sort of go there, just in case we sort of hint as to who this person is. I've got no idea, but lots of people uh, are saying this is ridiculous. Dwed... Dreadful? Sorry... Couldn't even speak then. Dreadful reviews from Quentin Letts uh, for uh, for a, a piece in the theatre called A Very, Very, Very Dark Matter. It's at the Bridge Theatre and it's got the fabulous Jim Broadbent in it. I think he's playing Christian Anderson. But uh, Quentin, not a fan. In fact, he says, a foul mouth stinker. Save your shillings. Go, if only it was a shilling to go to the theatre. If only it was a shilling to go to the theatre. Uh, the veteran who returned his medal says they promised to look after us. And so he's returned his medal. It's a bit sad, really, isn't it? You know, you get so many people. There's a, there's another ex-serviceman. Unfortunately, he went slightly off the rails and took drugs and led the police on a merry dance at speeds, which you can only describe as being made for a television programme where you see a people and then they try and use the stinger. You know, the thing they throw across the road with the spikes in. Normally, that guarantees to take a car or a van or a lorry out. But there's so many people out there. You know, and then they're going, of course, in Canada, they've legalised cannabis. And I'm thinking, I don't want to be in a car where somebody smoked cannabis and is driving. I really don't. And if, I hope it never happens here. I don't have a problem with people taking drugs. That's, if that, that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. You know, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any difference to me. I, I couldn't be that sanctimonious. It's like, it's like smoking. I've said before, you know, I don't smoke anymore but I did I was a very heavy smoker but it would be really hypocritical I went oh you mustn't smoke it's going to kill you because people would go well you smoked and I go yeah absolutely absolutely uh, over at the BBC they might have to start drinking I should imagine they've been blasted over sexist pay and forcing staff to avoid tax uh, this is a an invidious and opaque culture at the top of the organization say MPs because it all began didn't it following the resignation of the China editor Carrie Grace and her criticism of its secretive and illegal pay culture. And uh, what they've got to do, according to the policy editor of the Daily Mail this morning, he said the BBC must compensate presenters hit with huge tax demands after they coerce many into being paid through private companies. More than 6,000 staff were employed off payroll from 2007 to 2012, meaning they could cut their tax bills by thousands of pounds. Oh, God, if only. If only, as I say, I mean, I sorted my tax out the other day with my accountant, who I've had for a long, long time, and uh, and I think he's great. So I now know how much tax I'm paying for next year. So there's no excuse for not paying the tax. That's why, you know, when you get the celebrities, and they've been on the celebrities, the, the Z-list ones, and uh, they get a tax bill in because, you know, they go, you have to file by a certain time, 
so that the tax office will then say, right, so how much tax do you owe us? Right, well, that's what you owe us at the end of January if you're self-employed and the end of July. So I know what I'm paying next year. I mean, it looks quite depressing, to be honest with you, but at least I know what it is and I've got to pay it. So it's up to me to save the money. All these people like, you know... The, uh, the Daniela Westbrooks and the Kerry Coke Toners and these other people who think that life is one long party are going to have their bums kicked very hard because, you know, you've got to pay your tax. Everybody else has to pay. If you're a staff member here, you don't even have any choice. They take the tax. That's what they do. If you're a self-employed person, like I think all the presenters are, barring a couple that I know of, um, you have to sort out your own tax. Some people might have their own companies. You know, if if there's... Something like 6,000 staff at the BBC employed off payroll. HMRC must be rubbing their hands. They were also trying to clamp down on uh, on other people. One presenter said the way they were employed had caused life-altering levels of stress and worry, which affect me daily. Uh, One presenter said, I was forced off a BBC staff contract in order to be allowed to pursue a presenting career. So I want to know who that is. I would think you would want to know. I want to know. Things like that. I'm just that sort of person because I'm thinking if it's that bad. I mean, all I know is I'm I'm registered with the tax office. I pay my tax. I've done so for many, many, many years, almost more years than I care to to mention. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a little bit of a strain, but nothing. There's nothing that's not doable. It's not like you've not earned the money. They're not asking for money you haven't earned. It's like Debenhams. What are they going to do? We think they're going to close around 50 stores. That's what I think. Well, I say we. I mean, I'm I'm talking figuratively speaking. I think probably about 50 stores will actually close. I think there'll be about 5,000 jobs which will be affected. I mean, they've lost the most money they've ever lost in 240 years, about £500 million. Why? Because you're not going to department stores. Why are we not going to department stores? I thought we went there. I just see department stores now as places where people go to shoplift. There's never enough staff working in there. You know, the stuff, people just walk in, they go, oh, I'll just take one of those. You know, you hear alarms going off in stores. Nobody does anything. I don't know why we bother employing store detectives. They don't seem to have any any effectiveness that's going on. Also guilty, the Islamic couple with dozens of pupils at an illegal faith school. And the case has ended with them just being fined £1,000. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. It's, you know, you know, I mean, you get more than that for not taxing your car. And they've got all sorts of, you know, the shoddy was the learning centre. They're obviously not a very pleasant couple. So, you know, operating illegally, these schools, they'll they'll close them down. They couldn't give a forex. They're they're paying a £1,000 fine. Nothing, is it? Absolutely nothing. Uh, Also, we're all addicted to it. As the online giant is set to reveal record sales. But the Amazon company must stop treating taxpayers with such disdain because it's all done legally. That We've made it so easy for companies to come here and operate Difficult, isn't it? And um, the, the, uh, the Mac cartoon today in the mail is quite a nice one. It's a picture of uh, Ryanair. And there's a man being ejected in a seat through the roof of the plane. And it says, this is your captain speaking, to welcome you aboard our newly adapted non-racist aircraft and to say farewell to the foul-mouthed ignorant slob sitting in seat 10C. Which is a brilliant... Imagine if you could do that. What a brilliant idea. I just, I just couldn't understand why they wouldn't do anything as the plane hadn't even taken off. And then somebody pointed out to me the other day that the reason that, um, that they didn't do anything on Ryanair was because they'd have lost their time slot. They'd have to get his luggage off. But he's a nasty little piece of work. Even now, when the journalist went, come out, come out, wherever you are. He went, if you don't go away, I'll call the police. Call the police. Call the police. China. 
they reckon, is holding a million Muslims in secret camps. They reckon that they're making clothing, which is interesting, in uh, Zhenjiang. So uh, they reckon a million Muslims. The puppy thieves. These are French bulldog puppies. Now, how they knew she had puppies, I've got no idea. But uh, these are eight little puppies. They're worth about 1,500 each. They're only one day old. They need their mummy, Leanne Corbett. Leanne spelled L-E-E-A-N-N-E. Okay, was with her three sons when she heard a knock at the door around 9.40 on Tuesday. It's in the evening. She thought it was her partner. Why? Well, didn't have a key. I've got no idea, but never mind. When she answered, she was greeted by two men with their hoods pulled up. They pushed her into the kitchen where they held a butcher's knife to her stomach and demanded money from the sale of the fashionable dogs. When she told them they hadn't been sold, they moved the puppy's incubator into the hall of the house. One of the robbers went upstairs where her seven-year-old sons were playing computer games. Well, at 20 to 10 at night, they were playing computer games. What God's name is going on there? Shouldn't they be in bed at seven? Anyway... Uh, she begged him not to steal the PlayStation console and the dog nappers fled with the incubator containing the eight puppies. So they're worth, you know, as, as a litter, it's worth quite a bit of money. Uh, unfortunately, because they're away from their mothers after about a day, mother, in this particular case, they'll probably die. But these people are too stupid to know something like that. But you remember in 2016, because we did it on the programme, there was a five-strong gang of dog nappers who stole 10 pedigree Frenchies worth up to 15 grand, and a 16-year-old boy admitted stealing two seven-week-old French bulldog puppies worth four grand in Wolverhampton. What sort of people steal other people's dogs? Peasants. Peasants. That's who they are. I mean, how did they know that her dog had had puppies? I mean, unless she's putting them up for sale. She might be putting them up for sale, in which case somebody just goes, oh, I'll just read an advert. Really, people and their, their, their dogs, not so good. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. There's a driving ban. Woman in the papers today. And uh, why has she uh, been banned from driving? She's a former probation officer. She's called Stephanie Oakley. I don't, I don't know why that makes a difference, what she does for a living. Are we supposed to go, she's uh, a former probation officer. She should know better. I mean, to be honest with you, anybody with half a brain cell should know better. She let her children hang out of the car windows as she was driving along. I mean, that's how stupid she is. Uh, she claimed the children were not wearing seatbelts, were not in danger because she was driving slowly along the high street and said no one would have been concerned if it had been in an earlier era. They say former probation officer. I'm assuming they dropped her due to rank stupidity. She runs a craft group. She's been charged with dangerous driving. They were leaning out of a Skoda Octavia. Hello? I mean, who in God... I mean, fancy admitting to having a Skoda. You know, a Skoda Octavia. They were hanging onto the roof rack. They were out the windows with their hands on the roof rack. Anyway, this week she was banned from the road for two years, narrowly avoided a jail sentence. Dear me. They were told she was spotted by police and passers-by as she drove to and from a cafe in a place called Chapel Enley Frith. They always give them such exotic names, don't they? With the children hanging from the car. She said the defendant was seen on not one but two occasions. When she exited the restaurant, she was seen by the staff and the diners, with the children sitting on the windowsill of the car. As she pulls away, she's seen by a police officer. He shouts for her to stop, and she drives about 60 metres. He said, what are you doing? She said, it's only a bit of fun. She's obviously dim as a brick. Anyway, she was replicating behaviour from abroad, apparently, says her defence. In another era, this might not have been as concerning as it is now. She thought about what she was allowed to do when she was little and didn't think of the risks. 
I'm sorry, we used to do this when I was little. Oh, right. Well, not now you don't. Far too many cars on the road. She comes from a place called Hathersage in Derbyshire. They all sound lovely, don't they? All seem to have the biggest idiots. And she was ordered to pay £200 costs and complete 12, 120 hours unpaid work. She told magistrates she regretted saying the incident was a bit of fun. She said, I'm an intelligent person. Obviously not, dear. Obviously not. Mind you, over in Vogue, the fashion... Bu- I've never seen anybody buy Vogue. Have you ever seen... I see people reading it at the train station. I've never seen people reading it, you know, as in sort of buying a copy of it. An American Vogue has apologised. Everybody's offended. Seriously. This is because Reed has accused it of cultural appropriation for using a model, a photo of a white model, with an Afro-style hair. It just looks like it's tousled. Doesn't it look like an Afro to me? I know what an Afro looks like. I used to live with a male stripper who used to have an Afro. But uh, this one here... This is US model Kendall Jenner, whose hair is naturally straight, sparked a backlash. But it just looks like it's messy. You know when you put... Come on, ladies. You know when you put your head down and you brush it all forward, then you go back again, it gives you all that volume. We're seeing it all the time. I don't think it looks like cultural appropriation at all. It just looks like she's got lots of hair, but it doesn't look like an afro. I mean, that's ridiculous. In its apology, Vogue said the hairstyle in the picture from the November issue was meant to suit the period feel of the clothes whilst emulating the big hair of the 60s and 70s. They do it every day on QVC. They always do, you know, they'll say, oh, this, this stuff, I wish I had hair, honestly, the excitement you could have backcombing. And they, you spray this stuff on and then they sort of blow dry it and then do they, And they, all of a sudden, this person has gone from having one little strand down the middle of their nose to having, like, full hair. The Rain Spencer look. There's your hair. I don't think this looks like cultural appropriation again. But you know what people like nowadays? Oh, let's apologise. It's easier. Somebody will be offended. Somebody... To me, it just looks like tousled hair. Might have to go through the newsroom earlier on to make sure that nobody else has got this, uh, this kind of thing. Uh, the UK is the second worst in the EU for air delays. Not surprised. People shouting obscenities and stuff like that. Uh, also, Katy Perry's birthday today. The ex-wife of Russell Brand has a racy image, but was born to evangelical Christian pastors. How lovely. But uh, also, Phil Daniels, the London-born actor, made his film debut in, come on, at the age of 17. What was he in? Bugsy Malone. He was one of those many kids who starred in Bugsy Malone. Went on to star in Quadrophenia. He was in the video for Blur's Park Life, as well as appearing in Strictly Come Dancing. But he said his mum was most excited by his appearance on the quiz show Pointless Celebs. He's lovely. He, he, he's done uh, no end of uh, good work. But uh, he was quadrophenia, possibly one of those landmark cases. Also born on this day in 1881, dead of course now, Pablo Picasso. I must be the, do you know, he used to carry a gun to fire blanks at people he thought was boring. He'd have a field day on Love Island, wouldn't he? You imagine, you're boring. Uh, also, uh, what else do we have? Uh, Halloween, 1978, it was released. So that's 40 years ago. They've just, uh, they've just sort of, uh, the sequel, also starring Curtis, is out now. And, um, and that's it. Joke of the day. My son threw some cheddar at me. I thought, that's not very mature. <laughs> I was watching um, one of the Royal Variety performances on DVD a while ago, and Ken Goodwin was on there. And he used to come up, he used to talk like that. And he'd tell a joke and he'd go... That was one of my better ones. And because he laughed, there's something about people laughing on the telly that make you laugh as well. And you just stand there and he just... And I bumped into his uh, his wife 
at the Lady Rattling some time ago, and uh, he died a while ago. He had uh, he had dementia, but he used to make me laugh every time he came on. He come on to and he talk like that, <laughs> and he'd say, "I'm too good for this place." <laughs> I just used to collapse laughing. I bet Bryn Williams, the late Bryn Williams, I bet he, he would have known him as well. Lovely, lovely, lovely person. Lovely person. Uh, Phil says, do you think when Barry Gibb goes trick-or-treating, he gives people the he, G, B, G... Oh, no, please. <laughs> we can't do that. Nobody does trick-or-treating. Not round my way, they don't, if they want to live beyond Christmas. No, we don't do trick-or-treating. We don't do anything like that. In fact, actually, I have nothing to do with it. I don't... I'm sure that my um, neighbours... Uh, we'll have a pumpkin outside because they like that. They do all sorts of bits and pieces, so I'm sure they would do that. Uh, Steve, six, £60 pounds for a pair of shoes. I want three pairs for that. Oh, you don't, seriously, do you? Don't you think that if you're buying a pair of shoes for 20 quid, what do you think the person who made them is getting? Nothing. I think 60s, I know you can spend a lot more, a lot more. Johnny G says, I'm so excited. I'm working Saturday night, and due to the extra hour from the clocks going backwards, I'll earn an extra £8.50. I'm still wondering how to spend it. Such a fibber, honestly. <laughs> Such a fibber. £1,800.50. Uh, Steve, I'm six foot six, says Bish, and size 11. If I fall over sozzled, I'll just tell people I've got small feet for my height. <laughs> I just, I've sort of thought about it. So I'm five foot ten, which is 1.8 metres. I only know that because it says it in the passport. And, and I'm sort of ten and a half or 11. If it was Wellington's years ago. And I'm not sure as you get older. Whereas the Queen appears to be shrinking. Do, what are you eating? You're eating more of those chocolates? I thought you'd just given them away to the, to the... You kept some back. Chocolate that Darren brought in. What chocolate was that? Darren's never brought chocolate in. Show me. Darren brought that in, did he? All oh, right, OK. It's ridiculous. I've never seen anything like it. You've got hollow legs or something like that. The producer's constantly eating. He's either eating or yawning. We get, we get the, the sort of combination. He eats and he goes, oh, I could go to bed now. You know, I have to sit next to him on the bus. Well, not next to him on the bus. It's, you know, that would be a bit silly, wouldn't it, really? But uh, as long as we make Waterloo by uh, quarter past, we'll be very happy. Steve, we have withdrawal symptoms, says Monica, when you're not in. Check recordings. In terms of feet, I'm six foot tall woman and have 7.5 ladies' different size feet. Annoying, really, as most ranges of shoes end on seven. Yeah, they don't. I mean, he uh, next door, laughing boy. He uh, he uh, he, uh, he he's size thirteen, and I said, "Well, I don't think they do that size in Marks and Spencer." I had trouble finding an eleven. Very difficult now to actually get a twelve. And so he says, "You probably have to order them online." It's very funny. It's because the first thing I look at now on somebody is their feet. I do. I can't help it. I just look at people's feet. If I'm sitting on the train. I am prone to sitting on it. I don't do it on the bus. I only do it on the train. I'm a bit bit uh, special like that. I uh, I look at people's feet. In fact, actually, I just spend a lot of time looking at other people. I don't like to stare at people. And if somebody's sitting next to me, I can't I can't look sideways. But I do look at people's feet. I always think, I wonder what size that is. You know, you worry about it. Uh, still to come, the High Street Bakery chiefs accused of taking the biscuit by selling gender-neutral gingerbread persons. I mean, I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, this company's got 30 shops in Yorkshire and uh, they've uh, a few people have done it. They changed it to gingerbread persons and then they changed it back because people went, this is just being silly, just being silly. So stop doing it, please. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Nathan in Manchester says I'm in my 30s and going bald. He says I was thinking about getting a hair transplant or tattooed hair. 
Tattooed hair. Is that what David Beckham's got? What's he got? Because one minute, no hair. Then the next minute, he's sort of got this peculiar thing, which they've obviously sort of put a bit of grey into just to make it look as though, oh, it's his own hair. It doesn't fool us at all. You can always spot people who are so vain. You know, it's like uh, anybody. So a hair tattoo. Oh, right. A cosmetic. So it gives the illusion of a close buzz cut. Oh, my Lord above. Oh, I'm not sure about that, actually. So it's you can turn to a hair tattoo. I think it's better to go bald. I mean, I've got a little bit of hair. Not not a huge amount of hair, but it's enough to keep me happy. You know, I haven't combed my hair in years, of course. But uh, I'm looking at these things. My friend Robin, he went to Hong Kong and had a £6,000 hair transplant. It looks brilliant. I mean, seriously, whereas David Beckham's just looks silly. And, uh, and, and other people who've had them. You don't need to do it. You really don't need to do it. Oh, I'm, when I was watching, I was telling you about this... Um, <laughs> This Royal Variety performance from some years ago. And Brucey was hosting it. Uh, good game. Good. But he didn't do the good game bit because they hadn't got around to the good game. And um, they had all sorts of people on it. You know who brought the house down? Shirley Bassey. Shirley Bassey. I've seen Shirley Bassey, you know, absolutely storm it. And this one, she stormed. She stormed it. The crowd just went absolutely crackers for her. So here, here's David Beckham. So... This is this is a long while ago. He's much older now than that picture there. And so he's had his hair braided. He's had it tied back. And because he's, he's blondish, fairly, you know, sort of young. Lots of people have had it. Lots of people have had hair transplant. Poor old Callum Best had one. And uh, to be honest with you, it just looks like a lavatory brush. It doesn't actually look like a hair transplant at all. But, I mean, you know, if David Beckham sort of hides it because he knows that we're all laughing at him because he's so vain, he just doesn't think that we think that he's vain. So there you go. So I don't know. What do you do? Do you have a hair transplant or do you have the tattooing? Depends which is cheapest, I suppose. Uh, Malling in Kent is pronounced mauling. Oh, it would be, wouldn't it? Typical. Nathan in Manchester. Oh, that's right, Nathan. So I don't know. You know, why, why would you have to do anything at all? The trouble is Beckham is a bit... He's just, he's just sort of Mr Vanity, isn't he? If he was a nice lolly, he'd lick himself to death. £60 for a pair of shoes, Steve. I'm six foot six and size 11. Okay, that's about normal, I suppose. I mean, I'm five foot ten and size eleven. Doesn't tell you anything about me at all. Uh, one on the lottery Tuesday, Steve. Two pound fifty a ticket. I won two pound seventy. What a farce! Yeah, but you got twenty pence. I mean, come on. I won twenty pounds on the lottery and then twenty five pounds. Wee! Going to retire? Not. I've just splurted my coffee over the train. The fireworks story defo needed a a bit of a warning. Says Dawn in Turner's Hill. I don't know where Turner's Hill is, but it sounds delightful and you're very welcome to uh, to join us every morning. Do you remember when Ryan Giggs did something with the newspapers? I don't. I don't. I, do, I kind of ignore all these gagging orders and people who are complaining about something. I, do, I just don't really care because I think, we know who you are. Why are you being so silly about it? Mina says, I get so annoyed with people who look at their phones when they get off a train. Can't they put the phones down for a few minutes? No, it's the people who are reading walking towards you. No, no, no. I deliberately want to trip them up. But it's a bit dangerous out there, actually. Little Dave. Poor soul, honestly. Fancy him admitting it as well. I mean, you know, there's not a lot you can say, is there? We had a bad batch of fireworks one year. They travelled a good distance, but only sideways. More like missiles. More like missiles. Missiles. <laughs> I quite like that. I think that's the, the Mary Poppins thing, isn't it? Uh, Steve, happy two months to Christmas Day. Yeah. Not far away, is it? And by the way, just in case you're really feeling depressed, I'm with you on Christmas morning. Yes, once again, we can open presents together. Yeah. Well, I won't be because, uh, you know, at my age, you don't really get many presents. <laughs> That's the trouble. I think, you know, when you're with the family and you go home 
and, you know, if you're 15, 16, something like that, you get presents. Normally up to about 18, I think it was, in our family. So because we were a big family, I used to do quite well for presents, and there'd be loads of things under the tree, and it was all lovely. And then you hit an age, and I think it could have been 20. All of a sudden, it ceases. Ceases. No, no, you get nothing from the family. And I can remember going to my Auntie Ivy, who lived in Gidea Park, near uh, Romford. And there was her... Two sons, only one, because sadly Martin died many years ago of cancer. And uh, my auntie Enid and my Uncle Bill aren't here anymore either. But we went there and we, we spent Christmas there because my Uncle Bill was a butcher. And so we always used to get a good bit of meat at Christmas. He would always bring home a nice bit of meat. He had his own butcher's shop at Gants Hill. And, um, and I remember there was all these presents under the tree. I mean, like, tons of presents under a tree. And, um, and they go... I used to say, it never bothered me. I was never, I'm more a giver than a receiver. Which has always seen me quite well. And so I remember thinking, oh, um, I'll am not. i just watch other people opening their, their presents. And I can remember them going, let's try and find a present for Uncle Steve, shall we? Stephen, let's have a look. It was my godchildren that said, let's, let's find a present for Uncle Steve. Because my godchildren, because there's three of them, and then there's mum and dad, and then Chris's mum, and then, uh, and then Sharon's mum, and all there's, lo- there's always loads of presents. I mean, loads of presents. And they have to hunt around to find one that's got my name on it. But I don't mind. People think I mind, but I really don't. I really don't. Uh, Steve, about Diane Abbott, she and Labour don't represent the working class in this country. They they won't win an election. She's a lead weight and an embarrassment, says Albert. Oh. Uh, Steve, the reason you're enjoying a spike is because you're different in that you appear to be enjoying yourself. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't be happier. Seriously, every day is a revelation. Every day. You can always spot people faking it. Watch any of the jewellery channels on the television. Oh, my word, I can't believe this. There's the woman with the most worse haircut I've ever seen in my entire life. She's always there in the morning and she's so excited about everything. Oh, it's a candle. Never seen one before, dear. She's the worst presenter I've ever seen on the television. Well, next to Sally Jacks, who does Ideal World, who's got that voice. All right. Got one of those dreadful voices. The one on on one of the jewellery channels. She's like, oh, this is so rare and so... 1999. Yeah, of course it is, dear. Of course it is. Dreadful. She needs to change the hairstyle. It looks like you could hammer nails in with it. Uh, so that's why Neil says, Neil says, um, did you know the man who invented predictive text has died? His fun fair's next monkey. Oh, I've done that. I'll tell you what, I've done predictive text on my phone. I don't generally like to uh, to do it because it, it just doesn't reckon. And sometimes it just puts complete gobbledygook. Up there, and a friend of mine sends me stuff from his car, but I know that he's actually reading it into the into the telephone. And you want to see some of the things it comes up with? It's hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Eight four eight five zero stevedelby.co.uk. May in the Highlands. Love your snow. Uh, love you. Love your show. Snow forecast Friday Saturday. I can he help laughing? People do write that. I can he help laughing? Oh, Steve, I tell you, I was there with Campbellton Lock, and it was fantastic. Your passion for sprouts is the way you tell it. She, she loves butter beans. I cannot bear butter beans. Did you yawn again? That was half a yawn. You stifled that one. I saw it. I came up. Well, I had left it up and I saw you doing it. It's no good saying you didn't. Calling me a fibber. No, I can do sprouts and mushrooms, but butter beans, I was thinking the most boring thing under the sun. It's like, what was the other thing? Oh, um, what do they call them? Peas. Mushy peas. Mushy peas. That's just peas that you throw on the floor, isn't it? And you tread into them. Mushy peas. Disgusting, honestly. She says, uh, they didn't have a penny for the guy up here. We have killer whales off our shores. You're not setting fire to a killer whale, are you? Or something like that. Pushing that in a pram round the shops. <laughs> I quite like that idea, actually. That appeals to me. Because when they were doing this Attenborough thing, they've, they've got a hole in the ice. 
And these killer whales came up while they were filming right next to them. Right, I mean, seriously, I thought that was brilliant. May, nice to hear from you in the Highlands. And if you get snow, I expect a photograph. And don't tell me that you don't know how to send a photograph because uh, I want to see some photographs. I am here tomorrow and I am here on Sunday. Okay. Uh, I think we're all atypical listeners, says Kevin. How many ageing punk rockers listen in? And yes, I also listen to rap and I've been found at public enemy gigs. I love the look on people's faces when they hear me playing bands like Gunshot or NWA and look at my van and there's a bald middle-aged white guy driving it. (laughs) How do you think I feel? I'm a white, slightly overweight bloke who listens to reggae. You know, and Tamla Motan, and I love it. I can't mind you. I also listen to Andre Rio and his orchestra, and I listen to pipes and drums, and I listen to choirs. I listen to. I'm, I'm fairly eclectic. The only thing I can't stand, jazz. I can't get into jazz for. I know it's impro and all that. I just can't get into it at all. I've tried over the years, but nothing. Even classical, I can do. I'm fine. Uh, Steve, on your conversation about shop security, I've got metal in my elbow and I set off the shop alarms every day. I'm never stopped by the shop security. Nobody cares anymore. Steve, were you on the district line to Upminster, says Natalie. Do I sound like I've done the district line? Hello? I think not. I think that to go to Upminster, that's the end of the line, isn't it? I do remember. And um, uh, uh, Brian says, you've not finished the story about you cantering down the platform to get onto the train to avoid the crowds. I keep smiling about thinking about it. I've forgotten what it was, actually. Your producer sounds like a cat. Does he? No. He didn't care. He didn't care about things. He comes from Aberdeen. Nobody's perfect, I realise, but, you know, that's the best. You like it. I was just saying to the people, you like, you come from Aberdeen, don't you? He's smiling. I'm waving at him. Look, look, look. Colour and movement. He loves all of it. Look at that. Woo, woo, woo. Big smile on his face. (laughs) He's not a cat at all, actually. He's taller than me. Not that it makes me look small. You know, when we walk down the road, people don't go, oh, look, you know, little and large. It doesn't work like that at all. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nine... No, it's not. It is. It's nine minutes to seven. Just about nine minutes to seven. So if you're clock-watching and uh, and you need to get uh, on because uh, time marches on. And don't forget, because of the, uh, the strike with the RMT... Uh, there's a lot of cancellations on the trains, as you've already heard. So just be aware of that if you're just back in. And of course, if you're going to the rugby on Saturday, it's going to be chaotic. <clears throat> it's going to be absolutely dreadful. Dreadful, because there's normally 80,000 fans coming in. And there's normally enough sort of, tra- even though they do get packed solid. So now there's going to be a third less trains. So if you can find an alternative way of getting to the rugby, I'd think of an alternative way of getting to the rugby. Uh, Bledin in Kefili says, when I was 12, I had size 12 shoes and matched my age. I was very worried that they'd grow bigger. When I was 15, I'd be size 15. I hadn't seen larger shoes in the shoe shop, and I thought I'd have one specially made and would be restricted. Luckily, they didn't grow any more. Yes, I mean, spare a thought for those people who are growing up, you know, young young boys and girls, and their feet start growing, and their mums and dads go, where do we get that size from? And the answer, you have to have them specially made. It becomes terribly, terribly expensive. Uh, Dallas says, run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread person. Doesn't work, does it? No, I agree. I agree. Do you know, we never had gingerbread people, persons, when we were younger. I don't remember having a gingerbread man. At all. And why is it there's always men? We didn't have women, gingerbread women. They didn't exist, did they? But I suppose somebody just for a laugh could probably do it, whether or not it's uh, as good. Was the gingerbread man a cartoon? Am I imagining a gingerbread man in a cartoon? I've just got a, an image in my mind of a gingerbread man. Perhaps it was a, 
There's one in Shrek. Oh, that's right. There's one in Shrek. Oh, that, that's why, actually. That's why I thought about it. Uh, Steve, I was at the ATM where a guy was just standing there on one leg. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm checking my balance. Oh, Lord, honestly. It's always at the end of the programme, isn't it? I don't know where they come from, these people. They're probably in homes. Have you ever asked a question on Mystery Hour? No. No. Uh, I haven't. I've heard all sorts of people doing it. Heard all sorts of people doing it. Uh, Steve, tell the guy, says Bish, who's going bald, to let it go and shave what's left. Saves on shampoo and prevent, prevents dandruff. Yes, I mean, that's, I mean, it's just, you don't need to worry about it. Nobody cares anymore. Years ago, it might, there might have been a, a stigma attached to not having much hair, but not anymore. I was told, actually, that losing your hair is a sign of virility. Well, that's a pile of rubbish to start with. It's, it's never been worse. Never been worse. Uh, David says, I remember being told several famous celebrities used to wear hair pieces. Oh, it, where Bruce Forsyth was famous wearing a hair piece. Paul Daniels, famous wearing a hair piece. Uh, loads of people wear them. The trouble is, we know it's a hair piece. So that's the problem. Steve, uh, Tim in Royston is five foot ten. There you go. And takes size 11. He says, you know what they say about men with big feet? They wear big shoes. That's why I look at people's feet. I mean, apart from the fact I'm always interested in what sort of shoes people are wearing. And there's loads of people who wear trainers, even on the trains, even on the trains. Uh, Steve says, Connie, if you take puppies away from their mother too young and too... These are a day old, remember, the ones that were stolen. Uh, they'll return for their mother sometime later. The mother rejects them because the puppies don't carry the same scent. Let's hope the puppies won't come to any harm. Uh, they're saying they, they will probably die. They need their mother. They're a day old. They're a day old. I'm more keen to find out exactly um, how they found out that she had puppies in the house. That's what I'd be keen to... But mind you, people who've got them put an advert in the papers, don't they? Steve, the person who won $1.6 billion in the jackpot would only get around $900 million after tax, according to Ellen DeGeneres. Thank you, Anish. Love Ellen DeGeneres. Love her. She's very good. She's, she works hard. She does a five-day week, which, of course, is slightly more taxing I think than doing a radio program a TV program you've got to get tarted out and put your makeup on and but but the audience love her they love her and then she gives away coming up to Christmas she'll have the 12 days of Christmas where they give away hundreds of thousands of dollars worth thing you know in America that you know you can find people who will give sponsorship but they give away tons of stuff I mean really you know so she says oh everybody in the audience today and there's about 200 of them you're all going to get a 60 inch television they all go home with a television they go home with a voucher actually but you think to yourself, they're so generous in America. It's like there was a, a case years and years ago of somebody and they said, congratulations, you've won a car. She went, oh, I didn't want the car. I wanted the spade set. <laughs> There's always one, isn't there? The Sun. Cops in 700 UK terror probes. Also, uh, furious millionaire gets ban on bully claims. Tycoon shells out 500k on a court order. That's front page of the Sun. Daily Mail, the bravest calendar girls ever. Why? Because each lost a child, and all of them come from Soham. Isn't that amazing? I love the story of the calendar girls. I thought that was such a good thing. Uh, the police can't cope, warn MPs, still front page of the Daily Mail this morning. Officer numbers down, crime up, budget slashed. Damning report warning the forces becoming irrelevant. The outrage over the TV presenter in America, yuck, 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 who shoots sheep and goats for kids and then has a picture taken with them. It's to do with culling, but uh, not when it's done for fun. I don't like that kind of thing at all. Let's hope uh, that she gets, you know... I mean, she'd be trolled, I should imagine, already. All the animal lovers would be going, what on earth is the matter with you? Why are you like that? Why are you so so awful? Uh, Daily Mirror this morning. Megan panic probe. Harry wants answers. Oh, God, grow up, for goodness sake. What do you mean he wants answers? You know, I mean, you decided to go on this trip, so, you know, that nothing happened. 
It's just she's got a security officer. Harry wants answers, like, like Harry's taking control of the relationship. When did that happen? Shocking surge in hospital superbug cases. 48,000 last year. 48,000. Daily Express ex-presidents targeted in US mail bomb terror attack. Statins raise the risk of diabetes. New study reveals perils of pill taken by millions. Megan whisked away in security scare. Uh, front page of The Guardian, River Phoenix. The untold story. I don't think there really is a story, is there? Not that I know. Uh, it, uh, who owns Millview Tower? 64 flats, 18 flags... 13 convictions, 13 flats, including 11 own outside the UK. Daily Star, Arl Beer, there for you. Friends legend, mocks mystery boozy Brit thief. It's somebody who looks like David Schwimmer, but he's not. Uh, It's a a thief. You know, people thieve nowadays. Why? Because they do. Uh, Hashtag me too. Time running out, say the I. Uh, For the exec who's trying to silence his staff and the media. I should imagine you'll probably all know by the weekend, but not from me, you won't. And the Daily Telegraph, they're talking here about the same story, the woman making a fresh Me Too allegations, as uh, Theresa May pledges to act against sex case gagging orders. And that, as they say, is it for today. Just before I go, let you know what's coming up on my free podcast for today, on the Steve Allen Little Bit Extra, the Gogglebox feature, the two most boring members of One Direction. I can't even remember which one's which either. There's Specsavers Ball, where people who don't wear spectacles wear spectacles. And the Roonies are still abroad. Thank the Lord. My little bit extra is totally free, available very shortly from wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure you download the LBC app as well as listening to LBC wherever you are. You can listen back to this and all of the other programmes from the last week for free on the catch-up feature. Just download the LBC app for iPhone or Android and tap on catch-up. It's as simple as that. Thank you very much indeed for all your texts and uh, emails in your company this morning. Do it again tomorrow morning from four. Please be part of the spike. I need the figures. I mean, I know I don't want to try and be a little pleader. Nothing worse than a little pleader at this time of the morning, but I am pleading with you. Ten o'clock this morning, it's Big Feet Hour with Dave O'Brien. What size are you is the question he'll be asking. But coming up next with breakfast, probably very happy this morning, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.